the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Dave Ellswick Show podcast is sponsored by the Juris Law Group. We provide estate planning for all ages, and we specialize in helping seniors get VA and Medicaid benefits for in-home, assisted living, and nursing home care. For a no-risk consultation, call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. It is a Thursday, and that means J.R. Davis will join us, spokesman for the governor's office. Val Emmons will be checking in with us here in a few moments as well, and uh, we will continue uh, what we do typically on a Thursday here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and that is talk to the uh, spokesman of the governor's office and uh, move on. He's on the phone right now. He'll be with us in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Isn't that the old uh, holler way of saying things? Just so you know. All right. I'm being an old man here for just a moment. I just rem- Look, I'm not a farmer by any stretch of the imagination, and I just remember that old, old saying. I just said that you were, you were here and you would be into the studio in uh, two two shakes of a of a lamb's tail. You remember hey, that old sheep thing? Lie. <laughs> uh, sheep lie. Okay. How about wow. lamb? Do lambs don't lie? Do they lie too? That cuts deep, Russ. I'm just saying. Oh, they don't lie. Okay. Well, I, I just don't. was wondering. I mean, like I said, who who is the lamb? Uh, it's it's an old farmer saying. When you were talking about somebody getting to you quickly, you'd say they'll the be here in. Two shakes of a lamb's tail. And if you've ever seen a lamb shake its tail, it shakes it quickly. You know, Casey and the Sunshine Band had nothing on a lamb. You got to think about that one a little bit. I'm looking at you. You're thinking about it. You got it. Okay, you figured it out. JR, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you, buddy? Well, I moved away from talking about farmers' sayings because it, is falling on deaf ears here in the studio and <laughs> in the other room. But uh, I just thought it was the time to pull out an old, old pithy kind of saying. So let, let's start off. I, I told you we talked a little bit about what we wanted to talk about today and, and the topics. And and uh, I thought this story on the front page today was kind of interesting. The drug insurance trims too deep, pharmacies say, low in reimbursements, apparel a to business. Several lawmakers were told Sissy Clark, owner of Clark's Family Pharmacy in Earl, said about 22% of the prescriptions that she fills are for Arkansas Works enrollees, and she said she is, quote, losing money on a large portion of those. Anyone who owns a business knows that this is a catastrophic event, uh, couple other things in here. This is a crisis. It's not just a crisis that's affecting independent pharmacy uh, pharmacies. It's also a crisis that's affecting chains. Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield spokesman Max, Max Greenwood said the company was responding to pressure from the state to hold down premiums. So let's talk about this. Well, I mean, what what's going on? What is causing 
pharmacies to be given less money for the drugs that they're selling. In the case of some, I guess it's like they're getting $4 less than what it costs them to, to fill the, uh, the prescription. Well, sure. Obviously, uh, going back to the kind of 30,000 foot view of this, you've got the, uh, insurance companies, you've got what they call PBMs, uh, in the middle, which are, uh, pharmacy benefit managers, and then you've got the pharmacist. So under now, again, not an expert, but this is basically how it works is that the PBMs will purchase the pharmaceuticals, the prescriptions from the insurance companies, uh, and then they will, uh, you know, cover the costs for the pharmacy as far as paying them so much money. The issue at hand with the pharmacies uh, is that they're saying they are not getting as much as they were before. And like you said, in some cases, they were uh, losing some of the money on some of these prescriptions. Not all of them, but some of them they are. But for the point about Arkansas Works, I just want to be extremely clear because I think there's been much to, uh, much made about the Arkansas Works tie to this. Arkansas Works did not create this issue. They are being affected by this issue, but the Arkansas Works program did not create this particular issue. So I think that's important. Obviously, there's an issue here that I think uh, <clears throat> one of the senators pointed out yesterday that, hey, we reached a point that business to business can't get together and reach um, some uh, and it's actually kind of funny. He says, that is, if we got to a point where businesses can't get into a room and reach uh, a compromise, but now they're wanting the legislature to step in, mm-hmm. which, you know, could could be an issue there. So there's there's a lot on this story, Dave. Um, it's, pro- it's a lot more complicated than I just made it, obviously. But I do think it's important to note that, again, Arkansas Works is being affected by this, but they are not the ones that the, the Arkansas Works program is not what created this issue in the first place. All right, Bill Samples. From down in Hot Springs, uh, said that uh, he made a motion to send representatives from CVS Caremark uh, to show up and answer our questions and uh, be capable of making decisions to meet with the committee as soon as possible. So I, I'm I'm assuming that what the pharmacists are asking here in the state is that they want to know why this is happening as well. Because this is kind of a convoluted whole thing that's yeah. going on. Yeah. Well, I think, again, it's one of those things where uh, these – my understanding this has been an issue in the past as well. Um, there's reference to a law back in 2009, which obviously uh, uh, is a few years before the private option. Um, and this had to do with – that's where they're using this issue to say you're not allowed to pay below – uh, the cost of these prescriptions. So you're right; it is convoluted. But these are issues that have taken place, uh, you know, before, now, and probably after this point. Um, but this is really a private sector issue, um, and I think that was one of the arguments, you know, yesterday in in uh, in the hearing, which I think was good. You got to have those conversations to say, okay, what's the, what is the issue here, and how do we address this issue, um, which I think is is important. Um, and so we're we're obviously uh, more than willing to work with the legislature. Uh, to talk with the companies, everyone involved, um, to see if there's a, uh, a compromise that can be reached here. But, but again, this is a this really is a private sector issue. Yeah, it's, it, you know, I can understand the pharmacist. Absolutely, that's that's getting a little bit irritated if 22 percent of his business sure is costing him to do business. I mean, you know, you're filling out a prescription and and you're literally getting less money than what it is that it takes to fill the prescription to give to the patient. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out. I mean, but like JR said, this is a private sector matter. You should renegotiate your bill and not go to the legislature. I mean, your your 
your deal yeah. with Blue Cross Blue Shield, not go to the legislator well, about it. I will say though, you know, I know I I feel for the pharmacists, you know, and, and especially these these local pharmacies in rural parts of Arkansas. Yeah, because they're already fighting sure. to keep their yeah. head above the water, and, and that's been something again that's been going on for a, a lot longer than just the last few years. Um, and so I think that there it's important to get into a room uh, and and uh, and and reach a compromise here that above and beyond anything else will serve the patient, right? Mm-hmm. Serve taxpayers. That's what this is all about. And I will say too that you know, uh, you know we, we, they mentioned the discussion of Blue Cross and uh, Blue Shield, Centene, Ambetters Pharmacy reimbursement. Uh, it affects. Uh, much of their commercial books, right? Their private sector. It's not just Arkansas Works. So this is an issue that needs to be hashed out. Um, there needs to be a compromise that is reached. It needs to be fair. Um, I will say this. I, I was at the hearing yesterday. Uh, I don't know how much. Uh, uh, I don't think it was very productive. Uh, there was a lot of um, complaining. Well, there was a lot of there was a lot of chatter uh, in the pointing fingers. In, yeah, and I, so I'm just saying. I think you know, getting into a room and really saying, okay. What what do you guys need? Okay, what do you guys need? What can we do without? How do we reach a compromise, right? And I think that's where those discussions are uh, most effective when you're not kind of doing it in front of uh, this large audience, which you know is what, what it was yesterday. what would be yesterday. most effective, Jr. Sir. is if yeah. we just cut insurance out of it and let people go to their pharmacists. That would be most effective. I'm just going to put that right there. Insurance is not health care, and I don't understand why we're having to interact with insurance well, companies and pharmacists when it should be the people interacting with their pharmacists to get the better price. No, you're right about people being able to... Uh, it just aggravates me. Sure. No, I understand where you're coming from, but I, I think there there is an important role uh, between all three, right? And so you have the insurance companies, uh, and now granted, some people may argue with me. Right. Well, but I think that's the thing is when they're paying... You know, whatever it is, nine hundred dollars for a prescription, uh, they're paying the you know PBMs are getting that money, and then they are supposed to reimburse the pharmacies for that. So it's sort of the middleman there. Some people may make the argument that you don't need PBMs. Uh, the fact is, they're able to get those drugs at a uh, uh, at a uh, much lower cost, right? And that's and then they're able to pass it. How on does to the Walmart pharmacies. get them so cheap then? Sure, that's what I'm saying. Bulk. I four dollars bulk. Four dollars. That's what I'm. I think that's no, and I think that's obviously that CBS part of and Walmart charge. Sure, that's what I'm. Outrageous th- amounts. And what I'm saying is, I think that's that's part of the discussion too, right? You're talking about. I mean, obviously, a lot of those folks yesterday, local pharmacists, um, that are uh, obviously seeing an issue here. It needs to be addressed. I think we're on the path to address that. It needs to be addressed. And again, I I think I, I know I speak for the government when I said that you know we we feel for the pharmacist as well. We want to make sure these folks are able to run their businesses. Um, there's a lot of talk about transparency. I think transparency is great, uh, but I think it also means transparency from all sides. Yep. Um, Always and, does mean yeah. everything. I mean, so yeah, I, mean, we, I don't think you can talk cross- about transparency on the insurance side and in the PBM side and not talk about transparency on the pharmacist side. Um, but I think that that would help everyone put everything on the table and say, okay, where are we? You know, what can we do to address this? Um, I think that, you know, took a step yesterday. Obviously, I think there's better ways uh, to have a productive conversation. I think yesterday it was hard to kind of go through. I mean, even we didn't even get to, uh, uh, to AID, you know, insurance department of the state that had some, so, cause it took so long and there was a lot of uh, back and forth, which is good. That's always good for conversations, but I think this is a first step. We've got to address it. It's important. Um, but at the same time, I, I want to make sure people know that this is not an Arkansas works program issue. Let me, there's a, there's a paragraph buried in the story and, Maybe you can shed some light on it because I don't understand where it comes from. Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield spokesman 
Max Greenwood said the company was responding to pressure from the state to hold down premiums. Now, I wish I had Alan Kerr back in. He was here Monday yeah. talking about yeah. all of this. And, I mean, what what's the insurance commissioner doing that's bothering uh, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield so much? They can they control 80% of the market. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say this. Now, I think you're right. I think Alan Kerr is the better person to, uh, to, to talk about this. But that's what our insurance commissioner should be doing is, mm-hmm. is putting pressure to keep those premiums low. Uh, and that's what the governor wants. Uh, that's what the people of Arkansas want. We obviously don't want to hamper anyone from, from doing their business and making money. That's okay to do, right? But, they're, but it's okay to apply pressure and say, we're not going to give you this increase that you're, you want. We're mm-hmm. keeping it here. Um, so, again, I'm not sure of the full context of, of uh, uh, what they were saying there. I think uh, Commissioner Kirk could probably speak to it better. But uh, that's, I mean, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to uh, do our best to keep those premium payments or th- those uh, premium increases lower than the rest of the nation. And we have. You can go back and look at those statistics. Arkansas continues to be one of the uh, few states that, can, that while it's increasing, that's never good at all. We don't think that that's a win by any means. But it still is well below what other states are seeing. Oh, yeah. The premium Alan's increases. done fantastic job as far as that oh yeah he really really has and by the way he'll be filling in for me on the 16th of this <laughs> month he'll be here if you want to call him about it then feel free he's putting his dj hat on yeah all right he's filled in for me many a time so he'll be back in here i got a kick out of cvs now they made a statement of the claims it has paid to pharmacies in arkansas uh so far this year the company made a profit on 18 percent lost money on 9%. That means you got a 9% plus and broke even on the rest. So 9% uh, make, uh, you're making money. Yeah. And again, there's so many numbers that are involved in this. Uh, And like I said yesterday at that hearing, I mean, every time there was on on both sides, but every time there was something said, there was always some reaction from the The crowd. crowd. Of course. So it was just, it was difficult to really have a substantive conversation about what we need to do. Um, I believe uh, I believe it was Sample uh, who said at the end of it that he was uh, he wanted to have uh, CVS, Caremark bring yep. more executives back, I believe, on Tuesday. I don't know where we are on that. That's obviously a legislative branch issue, but um, obviously uh, this is going to be a continued discussion um, so they can answer some of these questions. According to the quote in the uh, Demgas today, he, uh, he said, I asked CVS, Caremark to send representatives that can answer our questions and are capable of making decisions to meet with the committee as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think there was some confusion, at least I'm, I'm kind of showing you guys my, as a perspective, because uh, I was in there, I was just listening to what was going on. Uh, I think there, uh, you know, I believe it was um, CVS Caremark that had someone there to discuss those MAC numbers, which was part of that 2009 legislation. Mm-hmm. And they were asking uh, some other questions. So I don't think they had the right person there that could address some of those things. So I think that was some of the frustration as well. Like I said before, this was just one step in the process. This is going to continue. It is an important issue. We want to make sure, and the governor's aware of it. I mean, he knows uh, what's going on with this and he knows it's important to address. All right. So uh, they're meeting again Tuesday. Is that what you said? I, I believe so. Uh, I'd have to look at the calendar and see when they decide to have them back. I believe, uh, I believe they will be in next week, I believe Tuesday. So. I will have Russ during the break make a phone call and see if Alan has a few moments and he can explain what Blue Cross Blue Shield is trying to say here because I think they're blowing hot air 
be honest with you. Well, like I said before, I think the transparency aspect of all this is very important. Um, that's what it seems that if, if again, and it has to be on all sides so mm-hmm. we can see exactly what needs to be accomplished here, right, to get to where we need to be. Um, and I think that was part of the discussion yesterday. Uh, and I think once uh, uh, once that information is, is available and, and we can obviously see what those issues are, uh, I think we'll take a giant step in the right direction. But again, I go back to the fact that you know, this is a private sector deal. Why are they, that not, why are they are, that not hiring mediators to do this? Well, this is not something that government is charged with doing. But, and we as conservatives, we understand. I mean, we're, we're basically saying this is a private sector issue. Right. And now they want the government this to get involved with it. This is capitalism. You so, should be taking and there care might, of and there might be some problem, steps, And there might be some steps that need to be implemented, but it, it's uh, uh, it, it's just an interesting turn of events, I would the say. Big, the big problem is this. It would be an open market situation if the government wasn't up to their nose in our anal canal about this all right i mean when you look at medicaid and medicare and everything else obamacare and everything else the government is into about 70 percent of medicine and the decisions that are made so i can understand why they're looking at you know uh, politicians and saying hey what the going right. on here no and, and I, I hope i could be clear that i'm not taking one side no, or the I, other I, I, yeah I'm saying you are i'm but, just trying to explain I think, that i understand sure. why but i think too when there's that's why i wanted to you know make a point about arkansas works is that there's there's a lot of folks out there uh that are trying to tie this to that again when i say private sector i mean that this is affecting you know blue cross centene and better the, the entire re- January 1st, right, right the entire reimbursement yes. part of it you know what i mean and that so that does encompass arkansas works because that's a big population but it's not just arkansas works so this is an uh you know kind of a um, an all-encompassing issue that arkansas works happens of? to be affected by yeah. it's affecting so, anybody who has right. to buy a prescription and so that's the point yeah so that's that's where it's just important to get that point across but let's let's look at the issues that are there and let's try to come to some sort of solution okay so i don't promise it but i'll uh, make a call to alan and see if he'll give us five minutes and maybe he can clarify that got to get a break in everything you know about claiming your social security benefits well they've been turned upside down the government involved in that as you know and uh, as of the first of the year a lot of things have changed and the decisions that you'll make now about uh you know, claiming your benefits, well, they could end up costing you tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits that are rightfully yours. Uh, higher taxes, increased Medicare premiums. Get the facts in the updated 2018 Guide to Social Security from David Lucas of the David Lucas Show. You hear that right here on 96.5 FM, The Answer, 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. on Saturdays. The simple, easy-to-read guide It's packed full of up-to-date information for 2018 that you can definitely use to help you avoid any of the pitfalls that you can fall into, and there are many. So to get your free 2018 guide to Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers now at 501-653-6690. That number again, 501 653 Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show uh, Todd Starnes coming up here in just about 50 seconds. So I'll just tell you some of the other stories we'll get to. I just sent a text to Alan Kerr. We'll see if he'll uh, have his time. I told him five minutes. That's all I'll I'll ask him to join us, five minutes. But I bet you because Blue Cross Blue Shield was the one who said that, he'll definitely want to take the five minutes if he's got any time. 
at all. Right. Just yeah. let you know. Anyway, we'll talk about uh, the the concealed carry classes for enhanced carry. Uh, that's getting ready to start. I want to I want to find out about the flu. Looks like the governor's uh, keeping a close eye on that from a story I read the other day. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about a Twitter poll at UCA and uh, see what uh, JR has to say about that. That's all coming your way in just a moment. All right, with you, the Dave Ellswick Show, JR Davis, who is the governor's spokesman, is with us. Uh, JR wanted to talk about a local story. A lot of people don't even know what's going on. Right. All right, because it, it's a Twitter poll. Because they, they have their lives I to mean, worry look about. Look at right? Val. Yeah. Val didn't even have any idea. And Val, right. Val hey, Val's is, plugged in. She's too, pretty plugged saying, in right? all this stuff, but she doesn't follow Twitter as much as I do. And uh, there was a poll, I believe it was run by uh, a Republican group at UCA, and it was asking, you know, who are you going to vote for, basically, Jan Morgan? Mm-hmm in the primary, Jan Morgan or Asa Hutchinson. And the word I have is that Jan Morgan was up to the last day of this poll. And she was leading like 60-40. And then the guy who runs the poll said he went to bed at midnight, got up early in the morning, and all of a sudden there there was this huge surge for Asa Hutchinson, and he won uh, the poll. He was down 60-40 and made a huge comeback. And now... Uh, people are wondering, were bots used to, uh, you know, push Asa over the finish line? So, I guess, first question, <laughs> yeah. as far as you know, uh, has anybody within the Asa Hutchinson campaign been buying bots that they're using uh, to affect polling uh, in Twitter or anywhere else that you know of? Uh, no, and I will say that <laughs> I... Look, there are there are substantive issues going on in our state, and uh, substantive issues will continue to rise throughout the campaign. That's good. We need to talk about it. Uh, no one's worried about a a Twitter poll, uh, uh, you know, on Twitter. I I did look when I heard about it, uh, Dave. I of course saw some of the Twitter traffic. Uh, it was one of the more fascinating things I think I've I've read on Twitter, and that's saying a lot nowadays. Um, but it, you know. The fact there were some people saying that this was calling in to question the credibility of Twitter polling. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying. At the end of the day, this is uh, there. The governor has a whole lot uh, bigger issues to uh, take account of than than a, a Twitter poll. But but it is it is interesting. Well, so. the big the big thing that I saw out of it was people saying this is a prime example that Asa Hutchinson is scared out of his socks that Jan Morgan is after him in the primary. Yeah, that's taken a lot from a Twitter poll. So, I'm just, <laughs> Like I said, this is across yeah. the country. Anybody can participate. Yeah, it's I, I would. I think Arkansans, people are, though. I think there are, are certain groups that are reading a whole lot more into that. Uh, at the end of the day, it is a Twitter poll. Uh, it doesn't matter. The only poll that matters is the one on primary night. Um, so uh, I, I do think it's laughable. Uh, I think there's a lot of people spending a whole lot of time on this. Um, it is what it is, but like I said, it was fascinating, and I think you you said it right that that you know the State of the Union was that night, and that's yes, all people cared about. <laughs> I, did, I did tweet that so, out. Yeah, I'm saying, you know, the State of the Union happened tonight. Nobody's paying attention, and it, I mean that's honest to God truth. Yeah, There's no doubt in my mind that you're you're running against the biggest story that's out there right now, which was the president just blew everybody's mind. 
mm-hmm. was a sure. fantastic yeah. speech that he gave. Absolutely. And again, that's what I'm saying. There are substantive issues. We need to be discussing how we push Arkansas forward, right? Let's how do we improve the economy? We've made great strides in that, but what what can we what more can we do? Let's talk about tax cuts. Let's talk about government efficiency. Let's talk about things that matter to Arkansans. I I promise you in the vacuum of Twitter uh, a, a Twitter poll does not matter, but it, it was it was very interesting to me to see uh, uh, some of the concern from certain people about about this particular poll. But speaking of uh, State of the Union, Dave, you're absolutely right. That was a uh, just an incredible Amazing. speech. It really was. I loved uh, when and, they started chanting USA. Yeah, you. I was like, yeah. yes. You know, the de- they didn't do that work I'll for Obama. That's for sure. Yeah, Democrats. Uh, boy, they just uh-huh. between the shutdown and the State of the Union, they have just looked. Stupid. rough uh and and there's there were some times where i don't know david you see it where the democrat stands up to clap and then realizes nobody else around him's clapping <laughs> that was mansion yeah was it mansion okay, it yeah, was mansion he stood up down. twice yeah and and uh, in fact he he said he sat down once because schumer was staring at him right yeah i mean it's it, it gets to a point it's just really ridiculous but what was interesting now you want to talk about a poll that i think actually does matter uh was the cbs poll it had 75% of Americans in, in this climate, 75% of Americans thought, it was, a great thought it was a great speech, 97% of Republicans. I don't know what those other 3% were doing. They must not have watched the, uh, the uh, State of the Union speech, mm-hmm. but it was, it was really incredible. I think it was a unifying many, message. Did you see how many Democrats? 52%. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Wow. You're exactly right. 52% really? of Democrats. Liked what the president said. And I yeah. love what they did with, with the special guests that they bring in. Yep. Uh, it, it was just a great take on sort of, you know, the true American hero sort of thing. And it was it was an uplifting speech. Um, you're right. I don't know what people expected, uh, but it, it absolutely, uh, you know, hit well I and above what people they expect. Ex- the president stand up there and say, little Chucky Schumer down there. Right. You yeah. know, I guess they expected he well, was going to do something like that, you know. I've said this administration has been full of surprises. Nancy. Right, yeah. This administration has been full of surprises. <laughs> Dave. Uh, and, uh, you know, speaking of, it looked Botox like that. Boy, looks like something look was. Man, yeah, she, 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 she looks just, like her face was stuck yeah. in that, that uh, like constant. Fa- her face. JR, Curl, yeah, let me just say, I explained that on my show mm-hmm. yesterday. My mother face? always said that if you make faces like that enough, your <laughs> face will freeze that way. <laughs> Yeah, there and you I, go. I think that so, that happened. You and I have seen a lot of states of the union, although I am much older than you. Uh, you said that, not me. Well, so, it just happens uh, to I'll be leave that on the table. facts first. <laughs> that room last night was grossly divided. I've never seen Nancy Pelosi's face uh, like that. The president <laughs> made some outreach uh, to them, but he was focusing mostly on the Democrat, on the Republican side. How can he unify that room? I think doing exactly what he did last night, and I'm going to be a little bit in disagreement with you. I think Nancy Pelosi looks like that all the time. I, think- <laughs> I had not heard that. That's uh, that's really funny. She's sharp. Did you, did I love Sarah, that one that she yeah. did. Is the mic on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like, and again, oh. it comes back to look. It, it has been a, a a more than a year and a half, right? Since since the well, about a year and a half since the election, and and Democrats have had an opportunity to come up with their own message. And the message has uh, they ha- they haven't number one it's just been obstructionist That's their resist obstructionist when the president gets up there and recites all the things that we've done in the last year uh, it, it, remarkable the governor was on NPR um, yesterday from Blytheville and uh, they usually have him come on as sort of the Republican governor to talk about the issues did he like take a and shower he, after he did that interview. <laughs> yeah. Well, he goes on there every once in a while to talk to them Sorry. about the issues with uh Hey, that's a little personal. I know that no, might be government. 
I'm just saying. But hey, you know what? You got to have. Sure. But you got to have. I mean, I think it's important to have a conservative voice that's going to go on there and talk about. I, I agree. Issue. But he did. I mean, he 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 He's raved about. He raved about the speech. Said it was a unifying speech. And then his last line, I loved. He said that w- that is the exact leadership that the American people yeah. want. And yeah. that's exactly what that to me that is what that uh, that. Uh, speech was about. It, it, it was, was pretty awesome. Perfect from start to finish, but it was really good. It was I, much better than anything that I expected yeah. that the president would deliver. But I hope he gave a thousand dollar bonus to every person who worked writing that speech. Oh, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm I, it, it really was incredible. And look, in the past, right? You know, there's been some there's been some Republican uh, outbursts and in, in, in State of the Union speeches. But I can't. When I looked at that speech with all of the Democrats, I mean, they, it just, every time I, I looked, they looked so bad. Like every time you'd mention something about, you know, economic development and growth and jobs, you look back at them and they've got this scowl on their face. Some of them are looking at their phones, not even paying attention. You know, some of them are, are, are talking to people next to them. Some people got up and left. I mean, it was just, well, that was it was Gutierrez. just really. Gutierrez ran out. Yeah, of when the he talked about immigration. Well, well no, he when ran, it was they, the, no, they, he ran out when they started chanting USA. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. Think about that. That's that is ridiculous. But that's what I'm. It just looked stupid. It, it, yeah, I mean, look, not just American. Seeing it when it makes you squirm, you know it's bad. You're like, golly, that just looks terrible. And the black caucus sitting on their hands when the president is talking about black unemployment at an all time low. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. they said that he wanted to take credit for that, and it's Obama. Well, you know what just, I love when you get those stories in the next day. What was missing from speech? I'm like, oh, oh yeah. my! Of course, it's CNN and CBS and all that. You yeah, know yeah. what? What the president didn't tell you? I'm well, like, you okay, how watched... are you just supposed to lay everything? I mean, come yeah. on! You should have watched ABC afterwards. You would have. I was surprised. Pri- uh, no, I was surprised that Jim Jones didn't rise from the grave and lead him in a Kool Aid drinking. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying it was that. It seems like dirge you know, driven. It I, was amazing. Yeah, I. I make it a practice now not to to watch the commentary I, afterwards I you know it's sort of one of those things you kind of as a press guy right you say yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it with the statement right you leave it with the speech well he hit everything he needed to hit uh he he was absolutely clear uh in what this administration has been able to accomplish uh, in yeah. the last year and it's been pretty phenomenal so. all right mark wants to join us from little rock hey mark how are you welcome to the dave ellswick show hey dave i've got a question uh i was wondering if what the governor is doing to get Arkansas on board with the Convention of States, seeing as how every state around Arkansas is already signed on. All right, we'll turn that over to Jr. Keep listening; he'll answer that. Convention of States. Hey, Mark, I appreciate your uh, question. I'll, I'll be honest; I I don't have all that information in front of me. I don't know what states. I'm are... sorry. What was the question? I stepped out for a second. Asking if the governor was on with the uh, Convention of States, and then was he moving or helping it move forward? I here? haven't heard that he was. Uh, That's uh, my thing right there. I I haven't heard that he was, but yeah, I can. I haven't had those conversations with the governor. I think we've. Um, I think it only matters if we if they pass the whole. Sure. If thirty two thirty what is it thirty two states. Yeah, it's something. And like, we don't even. Yeah. There's not even that many. And Mark, I, I know I'm not answering your question. I, I don't have that information. I haven't had those discussions with the governor. Uh, we do have a fiscal session uh, coming up and, and a few issues there, so I know we're really focusing on well, that. Well, I know that in the fiscal um, session, what, two years ago, Nate Bell tried to push it? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I helped shoot that down. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Mark, I'll be happy to, to if, if you want to call back and give your information, we'll try to track down some some of that, but I, I just don't have that information. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. Okay, All right. keep that in mind. All right, we've got to get a break in. It's about 14 minutes to 3. J.R. Davis is uh, with us. 
We come back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, and uh, here in the studio with J.R. Davis. Val Emmons here as well. A couple of stories that I'd like to touch on before we finish up today, J.R. Let's talk about uh, uh, more than 70 Arkansas concealed carry instructors began receiving certificates this week authorizing them to teach a new enhanced uh, curriculum, one of those, by the way, Ed Monk yep, and his I got, brother. I'm, I'm in the first class, I already too. talked to him. Yep. And it will <laughs> likely be this month that uh, the gun owners can take weapons to previously prohibited places such as bars, college campuses, and the state capitol. Uh, Governor Hutchinson announced Tuesday on Twitter that the first instructors were made eligible uh, to offer enhanced concealed carry training after taking tests last week. Uh, so I, I take it that the governor is uh, happy with the way this is now proceeding. It's been a little, I have felt like the state police have dragged their feet a little bit on this me- me- method. Well, I think that they were uh, being cautious as state police usually is in this just to make sure that everything was, was done properly. At the end of the day, though, you said it, uh, they, they took the test last week. The trainers did. Yep. Uh, and at least, uh, I think it was around 73 of the 78, uh, that took it, passed it. Um, and all, but there was, there was a faction that were, that were, that were previous instructors, all but one, uh, passed the enhanced carry. Uh, and then there were, I think five new altogether and, uh, two or three of those passed that. So, um, but yeah, so you're right at the, uh, you know, by maybe next week, uh, especially the month of February, folks will be able to, um, uh, uh, I don't get to do mine until March. 31st. Are you on the? Are you on a waiting list? And I'm list one or? of the first. No, what I'm do you one mean? of the first people to take. The My understanding: there were some that, yeah, that they'll be able to start training folks in. I want to say as soon as they get their yeah, pretty certification, pretty which quick, should be yeah. in a week or so, or less than that. But yeah. yeah. So anyway, well, uh, I would rather. But have I think you're, the fact it. that the rules are done, the training is taking place. Um, they're continuing these training uh, uh, sessions in Little Rock, but also. Uh, throughout the state, I think the first one was the first two were in Little Rock, um, so it's it's getting out there, and I think that's the important part is that it's it's ready to go. Jan Morgan told me that this I, I just want to told me that this sure. endorsement would be more trouble than it's worth, though. Well, Jan Morgan, when you say endorsement, what do you mean? Is a holdout like for me? Like if I were to get it, and then I she didn't really explain. It's just whenever I had her on, I asked her about uh, that, and um, that I, it, like if yeah, I sure. was out somewhere. And I had the endorsement, and I had my concealed carry. That if I got into trouble, it would be more. Here's, That's not here's what true. Jan, yeah, here's what yeah. Jan said. I quote her from the paper okay. today. Yeah. Uh, one holdout among instructors, Jan is not going to teach enhanced. Uh, was Jan Morgan, the Hot Springs gun store owner, who said she's challenging Hutchinson in the Republican primary? Morgan said in a statement that she was not planning to teach the enhanced concealed carry class calling the legislation a, and I quote her from the, the article, con, uh, convoluted mess. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I don't know where she's coming from with that. That's her prerogative, uh, and uh, she obviously can do what she wants, but uh, the we got to the rule process. They're teaching these folks this. They are now allowed to train uh, individuals on their enhanced carry, and they will be able to uh, carry uh, their gun. Uh, can you hear me? All right. Sorry. <laughs> They'll be able to carry in more places than they've ever been able to uh, carry before. Right. So that's, yeah. I mean, it's pretty pretty cut and dry there uh, from my perspective that if you get this enhanced carry, 
It's just a enhanced carry permit, which means that you can just carry in multiple places. There's but not going to be an issue like if you were. There were legal issues that you would have to face, is what she was. I don't know if that's I, the fact. So I don't know what we'll I, that's what she on. was alluding to. We'll get Ed on. Well, sure, but that, I mean I'll, that's not the facts. You're not going to. You're not going to face. Uh, well, I'm not like. Sure. Don't get me wrong, because I don't know what she meant about sure. that. Well, if we that's didn't what, get to talk yet. Yeah, about absolutely. That, but, and we can clear it up. But, yeah. but if that's what she was alluding to, there's it, this isn't make it more cumbersome for someone. It, it actually Helps. is the opposite. Right. Uh, you can carry in more places that you wouldn't be able to beforehand. So I think it's good news for folks who want that. One of those being the capital. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, hey, Russ, did you see Robert? Was that who it was? Oh, it's Robbie. Robbie's over in Maumelle. Hey, Robbie, how are you? <laughs> Welcome to hey, the Dave Ellsworth Show. I'm good. Go. Hey, I got two two quick comments and then a comment posed as a question. Um, I, I enjoyed the uh, State of the Union. It was great. Uh, as far as the uh, Convention of States to tell the governor, if our if our government can't follow the Constitution we have now, why do we need to open it up? Let's just follow the one we have. That's a great point, Robbie. And, 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 and the third thing, which brings me to that, is uh, if our, our rights are either unalienable or they're not. So if we have the right to keep and bear arms and it shall not be infringed, then why do we need a permit? We either have inalienable rights or we don't. So which is it? All right. We'll let... Uh, Can't say I don't agree. I'll, I'll sure. Let, and so I'll, I'll to, let uh, Jr. take it on. To his uh, second comment that wasn't a question, I, I do want to address that for a second. <laughs> the governor is more than happy with the U.S. Constitution. Yeah. Um, so I'll leave it there. Uh, to, to your other question, Robbie, about the concealed carry permit, uh, I think that there's uh, one of the points I will make that I think is, is probably the biggest point is that to have a concealed carry permit, it does protect our citizens through reciprocity. When you travel across state lines, right. uh, it protects you from, like you mentioned earlier, having some issue with law enforcement if you are carrying a weapon in a different state. I think that is probably the biggest uh, uh, protection there within a concealed carry permit. Um, when we talk about the enhanced carry permit, uh, all that is is uh, additional training, but then you are able to carry in more places uh, than you ever have before in Arkansas. And I just that's, like that's getting the truth. training. I just yeah. like the taking the training. I and mean, is, I want to know. Everyone should want to take there's the gonna training. Be people that, well, sure, and there's going to be people that weigh into this and with different um, takes on it. But I, I will tell you, today in Arkansas, uh, you uh, when the first person gets their certification, right, it will they will be able to carry in more places in this state than you've ever been able to carry before. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. Uh, and so, uh, again, I would go back to the reciprocity part of it. I think that's protection for uh, Arkansans. Now, I don't think that sure. crosses the state lines, though, your endorsement. You mean, are you talking about the enhanced carry? Yes. I'm going back to the concealed carry oh, okay. when he was talking about yeah. that. The that's endorsement the most, does not cross but the that, state lines. But that's the most important part of that is to really protect right. you from no, when right. you're traveling across state lines. Uh, and, and Arkansans do it every day. So I think it's an important facet of that. And I, I agree. Flu. The flu. Well, we've got... We're just a few people under 100 people who have died in, here in the state of Arkansas. We've got like 60,000 in Missouri. You know, there's a lot of people. Sick. Well, sick, but I'm, I'm talking about death. Yeah. So uh, I saw a, a, an article a couple of days ago, the governor saying, you know, it's still not too late to get your flu shot, things of that yeah. nature. Uh, you know, you're, you're, what's the governor thinking? I mean, this is just a bad, bad flu season. No, it is, and, and obviously the the experts on the matter uh, were speaking yesterday. Dr. Smith, uh, Dr. Bledsoe, our Surgeon General, uh, we're just talking about this particular strain, and it just depends, you know, where you are. Arkansas has just been hit with it really badly this year. Uh, we're at around ninety four uh, mm-hmm. at the last check as far as uh, how many fatalities. Obviously, one is too many, but it, it's really incredible, and and you know just how horrible this particular season has been in Arkansas. 
And the governor said it yesterday in the news conference that he, he fully expects us to surpass uh, you know, the previous record high before it's all said and done. Um, and so yesterday was really an opportunity for just us to get out there and re- reiterate to folks, especially the governor, that, hey, you can still get your flu shot. Uh, and, and, you know, Dr. Bledsoe said something that was interesting uh, that, you know, when you and Dr. Smith as well, but that there, you know, you'll talk to someone you think it's sort of a common sense thing. But a lot of people haven't you know, don't know the kind of appropriate steps to take uh, in order to, uh, you know, keep away from the flu, spread the flu. Uh, you know, Val could have the flu and not show any symptoms, but it's still very contagious and it could get passed on to Dave. And so this particular strand is, is uh, uh, has been, um, you know, an issue in Arkansas this year. So I think it's just important for folks, especially if you have elderly parents or someone that uh, has uh, some health conditions or, you know, small children, that you make sure that you're, number one, that you are protected, that you're not spreading that around to those individuals uh, and that you're just keeping an eye on those folks. Make sure you're sanitizing. Make sure you're washing your hands um, and all that good stuff. But most importantly, you can still get the flu shot, and the governor is encouraging everyone to do so. And keep hydrated. And keep hydrated, yeah. That's one of the biggest things. All right. With that all said, we're out of time. Uh, wow. When we get quick. back again next uh, week, uh, Alan Kerr will join us for a few moments to talk about you know, keeping uh, insurance rates down. Uh, is that really driving drug prices up? Alan wants to really talk about that. We'll see what he has to say. JR, thanks a lot. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Thanks, Val. We'll talk to you. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back. we got special guests talking about vets on the Dave Ellswick Show. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit, commonly referred to as aid and attendant. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year, and we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at juristlawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. All right, back with you, Val Emmons, Dave Ellswick, Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. We're only uh, three weeks away from Washington, D.C., girl. So we're going? Yeah, well, yeah, we're going. You never told me. I'm just waiting for the money to get here. Okay. As soon as the money arrives, I'll buy all the tickets <laughs> so that we can all uh, go and have a good time. I just sent, you're going to love this, uh, Russ, I just sent an email today to uh, try to get 10 minutes with Vice President Pence. That'd be awesome. While we're uh, at D.C. And just a shot in the dark to see if we can get in and talk to the president when he shows up to yep. speak. I mean, you can't you can't get the interview. You don't ask. You know what I'm saying? Oh, always ask. You gotta ask. All they're gonna do is say no. That that's all they can do. They can say yes or no. You know, they're not gonna take away my birthday. The military tried that, and I still got mine. So, it just <laughs> that's just the way it works. I love having vets in with us because they understand all my humor when I talk about stuff like that. Yes, about sir. The military taking away your birthday. That's, <laughs> you know, that's just stuff that we used to talk about all. And today, we, so I had a friend saying, 
Acronyms. You're always talking in acronyms. What does that foobar stuff mean? Anyway? <laughs> Do not you can't say, say that. that. And then what? what it's does, a candy bar. And then what does what does snafu mean? You know? Do not say that as well. <laughs> Those are two military terms. They Both. may be military terms, but the F is. Oh no! I will not say what it stands for. I will just say, hey, it's the, the CB started both of those terms. You know, we keep the F out. That's correct. Situation normal. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> just so you want to know. All right, Val. You know, welcome our guests for us here in the, in the studio. This is Michael Brooks with We Are the Twenty Two. Uh, if you you might know them as W A T Twenty Two. Um, Michael, you want to tell everyone what you do? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Val. No. Hey, Dave. Yep. Um, yeah, we started a foundation about a year ago to help combat the veteran suicide epidemic, which fluctuates. How many a day? Well, it actually fluctuates between 16 and 22 a day, probably more than that, but we stuck with the number 22 uh, because everyone's pretty familiar with it. And mm-hmm. so what we try to do is, is something that I don't believe is being done anywhere else. We actually go in when we find out there's a veteran in, in crisis. We actually go with where they're at. We find out where they're at, go into where they're at, take the guns out of their hands, the needles out of their arms, whatever has to happen, get them into the VA. We wrap around them with a lot of love and care, and we try to walk them through the VA process, get them into a program, get them the care they need. And uh, and then once they're done, we actually recycle them back into us, and we hopefully, with the hopes of sending them back out to save other guys. So Now, here, here's the big thing that he just said, and I want you to hear it clearly, and I'm going to have him talk about it. He said, we help them get in and through the VA process. Yes, sir. Explain what you mean by that. All right. Well, since one of the things is, is, uh, you know, there's when you, when you're in a crisis scenario, like the veteran is actually suicidal or it's, he's really strung out on drugs and his family's worried about him. The community's worried about him. Well, the best place for him to be would most likely, you know, be a inpatient program at the VA for drugs or PTSD, what have you. However, we have, uh, it seems like every time we take a guy in, we hit a roadblock. And the problem with veterans in crisis, one, veterans don't like to ask for help. Uh, you know that, Dave. And, I mean, you know, we're tough. That's what our country trained us to be. Mm-hmm. We're strong. We don't need help. But when that veteran finally decides, you know what, I need help, and they decide to go in and they hit a roadblock. When I say roadblock, I mean you go in for care, you've just had a gun in your mouth, and, uh, you know, and you, you're ready to die. And you go in for care, and they tell you, yeah, we'll treat you, but it'll be two weeks from now. Or mm-hmm. they tell you, we'll stick you down in a halfway house half full of convicts and then we'll treat you after a week of that if you're still around then a lot of times what will happen is especially for the guys that are on drugs is that they'll just quit you know that they give up they'll go home or they'll get high again and they'll they'll in our opinion won't be back well they may not make it back okay you know what i mean they go home and kill themselves and and so what we try to do is make sure that they've got somebody with them to help fight that process it is such a bureaucratic mess trying to get a guy in for care it really is yeah, that, you know, that's a, a great question for me to follow up on here because when you're talking about people who are in a position that they're thinking about killing themselves, and like you said, maybe just a, not more than a few moments before, could have been out in the car, out in the parking lot, they had a gun in their mouth. Yep. And now they need somebody to help them. You need it now, not two weeks from now, That's not absolutely right. a day from now, not two hours from now, you need somebody to be involved with you now. 
Now, the only thing, they, they do have a program called 3K. It's actually a lockdown, hardcore mental health unit on, on the floor. And that one, a lot of guys don't like going to it. I mean, I've been into it. I'm going to be honest. A lot of guys have. I've had to have help, and I'm not ashamed to say it. And uh, But that's the one where everybody's pretty much drilling on themselves and, and you know aren't really all there to begin with. <clears throat> and a lot of guys don't like the stigma of that, and they don't want to take that route. They're afraid of how it'll affect their jobs and their and their families and everything else when people find out about it. That so, starts following you around is what you're saying. Yes, sir, it does. It follow, I mean, all that stuff goes in your record. You know that. And um, <clears throat> so what ends up happening is is that they have the only other option right now is to go down to Riverbend, which is a – overflow housing and the thing about riverbend is we've done a lot of work with them when we started out they the guys that were being sent down there you gotta think these guys come in for mental health care and then they get sent down to this halfway house down the down the hill and they weren't allowed to use the quality of life facilities on the hill they were fed little bag meals when they're trying to recover from drugs and alcohol it really scientifically wasn't enough uh calories for it for them to recover well uh, and they didn't have ways to secure their belongings. And the second and third floors are cons that have just gotten out of prison. So you're telling me you're a veteran and you need mental health care. You go into the VA to get that health care and they house you with a criminal. Now, we've got some of that fixed. They get their meals on the hill. Now they have lockers for their things and stuff of that nature. But still, uh, my foundation, what we, what we try to do is try to eliminate some of the need for that. Uh, we... I've even housed guys in my home waiting on care instead of sending them into that. That's how, how much we believe in what we're doing. So, uh, I don't know. Um, lost my train of thought. I mean, he does a lot of stuff for these guys out of his own pocket too. So we need to, well, the, the big thing is, is in, I'm not ashamed to, to say this. This is on us here in the country. Mm-hmm. We send our men and women into harm's way, tell them if something bad happens, we're going to take good care of you. <laughs> you lose a limb, we'll help you. We'll help replace that, get a prosthetic for you. You know, help you learn to use it. But what we don't do enough of is for the guys that have the injuries you can't see that have, you know, traumatic brain injuries, TBIs is what they're called. And in it, and it causes some uh, change in your your mental function, or uh, you got uh, PTSD or whatever. We don't give enough treatment to those people. We don't work with them enough, and that, my friend, as a citizen of this country, is on us. On top of that, they when they come home, they just are shoved out into the world, and here's your benefits. Well, that's you know? what I'm saying. This is on us. Well, I have, to, I have to disagree, Val. They don't say, here's your benefits. That's actually a very long, tedious process. No, that's what I mean. I mean, they say, here, this is it. It's yours. You do it. In fact, in my opinion, uh, and from what we've dealt with so far, actually, that whole claims process, they say that it's 90 days or whatever. I can assure you that is not true. That It's still a very long wait. Uh, it, it, it's a hassle. And, in fact, it seems to me that a lot of the time, a lot of the guys that I've dealt with personally over the last year, a lot of their problems stem from fighting with the VA. They they just get fed up. They don't see an end to the tunnel, and they they get suicidal over it. I mean, it's just more than they can take. On top of their PTSD, TBI, etc., or whatever. Well, whatever it is you're dealing with in your head, now you got something additional that you got to deal with, and that could be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Mm-hmm. For real, can be. 
but as far as that intake process on guys in crisis, you know, if you if you're just going up there trying to see a doctor, that's one thing. If they if they tell you your weight's a, a month or whatever, you're not dying. That's one thing. But when you've just been in an actual crisis and you try to get inpatient care and they tell you that it's going to be a week away, to me that is inexcusable. That's that's the one. Now there are people that are trying to work on a one-stop triage assessment admittance program, but I'm not sure how long or if ever that will actually go into effect. So something I personally would like to see happen because I think it's needed. And it's all government run, which means that it changes and it moves glacially. Yes, sir. About as slow as you can think it will move, it goes slower than that. It's amazing how slow it goes. I personally think that the VA system should be, have a complete reform, just like they did with healthcare. That's my personal thought. That's just a personal belief. But I think that just like they sat down and redid healthcare when the Obama era, I believe that they should sit down and do a comprehensive reform of the VA healthcare system. I believe that's the only way they're going to fix it. There is no other way. So what do you what do you think? Here's what I think. You come out of the military, they give you a card, just like you got your ID card. They give you a card, and you can take that to any hospital you want to, and they'll treat you. Well, see, that's funny that you say that, Dave. There's a gentleman that I was helping today, actually, uh, that has actually sought most of his care from the Memphis VA. And uh, he he wanted to get help here in the Little Rock VA. He lives uh, about an hour and a half away from Little Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, like I said, was treating getting most of his treatment in, in the Memphis VA. He said that that VA was horrible, and I've heard that it is. I don't, I don't know from my personal experience. So we brought him here to North Little Rock today. This is today. And we tried to get him into care. They actually, even though he has all this stuff, denied him care, told him that he'd have to wait two weeks for a referral appointment in order to see a doctor there for mental health. He was requesting PTSD mental health treatment. He was pretty much, he wasn't denied, but he was told, yeah, we'll treat you. We'll check you out. And even though it's bad enough that you're coming here and asking for it, we're still going to wait about two weeks for you to get a referral to see a doctor to get your treatment. To me, that was inexcusable now because of the foundation and he was with me today, we were able to make some phone calls and now they're going to be seeing him next week. However, if you don't have someone like us fighting for you, then if you're just a regular Joe, that's used to taking orders, used to doing what he's supposed to do for the country, then, and that's then, and then like a lot of veterans, you'll just go home and you'll sit there and you'll wait and hopefully live long enough to make that appointment. Luckily for him, he had us and he's going to be seen next week. So I'm sorry, but when you when you tell a man that's in crisis in that way, I'm sorry, you need to come back in a week. They're not going to come back most of the time. They're not. Well, you lost them. This is the point I'm making. We know that what we're doing is by far not enough. No, and it's common sense stuff too. But, it's well, I understand that, Val, but the thing it costs money. And they want to spend money on a million other things up in the, up in, in Congress. And until I guess somebody up there, uh, gets a real burr under their saddle, uh, it's going to go slow. Well, the money's there, Dave, but it's going to illegal immigrants, right? <laughs> right. Just saying, just throwing it out there. If they, if they rechanneled that money and they put it into the VA healthcare system, they can make great strides, but they're not. So. And it's going to countries that hate us and want to kill us. Oh yeah. Why not take that money and turn it over to our our exactly. veterans and give them the best possible care that we possibly can. All right. Got to get a break. Got to do that. Then we'll come back. We'll talk further about this. Got questions. A two, three Oh nine, six, five, a two, three Oh nine, six, five. And uh, our guests will field them for you. Don't forget about aero plumbing. 
Arrow Plumbing is the place to call when, of course, you have a plumbing problem. Earl has done a great job putting Arrow Plumbing together. He's got master plumbers. He's got people who take your phone call, get you to the people that need to uh, know what the problem is, have you, have them sent out to your home or your business. They show up in a warehouse on wheels. That's a pretty good-sized truck, not an 18-wheeler, but a pretty good-sized truck that will pull up to your house or pull up to your uh, your business. And in the back has most of anything necessary for a normal plumbing problem. And then they come in, they'll diagnose the problem that you have. They'll tell you what the problem is that needs to be fixed. There's probably different ways they can be fixed. Maybe something that's got a, a warranty forever or something that's got a warranty maybe for two or three years. Difference is maybe the one that lasts forever has a, a higher price than the one that only has a warranty for two or three years. You get to make those choices. They'll take care of making, uh, you know, the fixes. And, uh, if it's your home, they come in, they put the little booties on, uh, they come in a, a uniform, no more, uh, plumber pencil holder when they bend over, none of that stuff. It is a very professional, uh, group, well-trained and ready to work with you. That's, uh, Aero Plumbing. Go to aeroplumbing.net or Google Aero Plumbing. For- All right, back with you talking about how do we help our veterans, especially those who are in crisis, those who are really suffering PTSD, those who are suffering from uh, multiple deployments overseas and uh, you know spending time in war zones for months and months and years. You, know, you come home, stay home for six months, go back again. Uh, do another year, come back six months, go back again. I mean, that all starts building up after time. And, and you might say, well, if they're feeling this way, why don't they get treatment? I don't know the way, I don't know how it is now, but I will tell you that when I served, the last thing you wanted to do is go see somebody about, uh, a mental health issue, because at that point you could you know, I was in the Air Force, so you would you could kiss away about a third of the AFSCs that you could get into in the Army, the MOSs, perhaps. So I'm I'm just telling you, it it, it is a, a terrible sword that is hanging over your head. You know that if you go get help, it's going to hinder your career, and in fact, they might just riff you out. Sure. Is well, it the same way still? It is. Uh, and so a lot of guys, what happens is they won't report. And you got to think in the, on the combat, in the combat zone, uh, IEDs that they're, they're part of, they're called part of modern combat. And so those roadside bombs, I mean, pretty much anybody that does patrols over there gets hit by an IED eventually. It's just, it's a statistical fact. That's going to rattle your brain for it, sure. For sure. And, uh, you may not even realize it. And plus a lot of guys, you know, we're geared to be tough. We're America's finest. That's what we do. So if you take an IED and you've got a headache, maybe some blurry vision, you feel a little funny for a few days, your ears are ringing, you know, you don't, may not realize you have a concussion. So you, you get up and it, it probably wouldn't matter if you did. I want you to think about something. We watch multi-million dollars. Uh, players on a football field and if they get their bell rung they go through a concussion protocol immediately Mm -hmm. you're in the military no 
No, sir. You go back on mission. That's exactly right. Uh, you go back to your guys. And well, a lot of guys, the thing is, is that it's not only is there not really anything in place, but a lot of guys either won't report it because they don't want to leave their men or they don't care. And they go back to see their men. I know that that's personal experience. That's what I did. That's what all my buddies did. Every single one of them. We got our bells rung. We got up. We went back out on mission. That's just how it is. Uh, now when they get home though, uh, the, the TBI thing is, is not, there needs to be more research done on that. Uh, they, they say that, I mean, it causes so many problems and it's difficult to separate those from PTSD. I think actually for a long time, they actually did just call it shell shock or something. They didn't know in the other wars what exactly it was until about the last 10, 15 years. They've, they've now started recognizing that as what it is, is TBI. Uh, but the symptoms are so similar to PTSD that it's hard to differentiate. And a lot of the guys, I mean, I know from personal experience, I've got a TBI, I've got PTSD. Sometimes I can't tell what's going on with that either. But um, uh, t- Yeah, and, and TBI, traumatic brain injury. That's yeah. what he's talking about. Right. Look, you get, a, you get a bruise on your leg, it hurts, right? Yep. You get a bruise on your, your, your brain, you don't feel it but it will change your behavior. That's true. Uh, see, uh, outside of the memory loss, uh, memory loss, mood changes, personality disorders, things of that nature. Being around kids, being around loud noises. I mean, there's just things that. Yeah. And I, sometimes I, you don't want, I've seen that happen with some of these guys and you don't want to embarrass yourself. And, but sometimes you have to remove yourself from the situation and people will be like, what's wrong with him? You know, it's like, yeah. so it's like, it's just one of those things that these guys have to deal with that we don't even think about. I'll give you, I'll give you a prime example. This is going back to about 1966, 67. My brother, my brother, Green Beret. All right. Served in Vietnam. He was home. He'd, he'd left the army. He was going to go. He ended up going back into the air force because he believed the way I did. You should send your officers out to fight, but, uh, that's a joke. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, yeah, he was standing in the kitchen and, uh, it was around the 4th of July and somebody set off some black cats and my brother went flat on the floor in the kitchen. Boom. Just like that. Because, you know, he'd just gotten back. From Vietnam. Well, that's PTSD. That's what he what he was reacting to was the sound of gun, black fight. Yeah, black cats going off in quick succession sounds like automatic gunfire. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that in combat. So what he was responding to that was a result of the PTSD. The TBI is a completely different animal. It's, yes. it's but it's so hard to differentiate because like I have frontal lobe damage from IED blast. Uh, the doctors told me that affects mood, personality, compulsion, and uh, memory, short term memory to be exact. So I know that I have a problem with that, maintaining relationships and everything else, and a lot of my buddies do too. The, T- the PTSD, though, that, that's a completely different thing. When you're in the combat zone and every second of your, your, your life, you're worried about dying. You're just sitting there in your, your camp, and a mortar round comes in and blows up half your buddies. You get to where you live at a heightened sense of, uh, of awareness. You're constantly aware of what's going on. It can be very distracting to have a normal, a normal existence. So okay. We're going to talk further about this. we got to take a break. Fox News is next, and we come back and talk more about this. You really gotta you gotta listen in and you gotta start putting your hands around this stuff because we have got to you know treat our veterans uh, when they get back and how to deal with it and then help them uh, to heal. All right, so let's get back to our discussion. and I guess this half hour, what I'd really like to do 
is kind of zero in on what you and I can do. And if you're a vet, you should be wanting to really help out. All right. I mean, you've been there, you've done that. You know what we're talking about. Even if you haven't been in a combat situation, you still know about the people you served beside them that did do combat. You do know uh, the problems that they have brought back with them. And uh, whether it's a man or a woman, they should be able to turn to uh, their government. What's the government? That's us, the people. Okay. What can we uh, what can we do? So let, let's just start off with vets. What do you su- suggest with vets? I'm going to suggest the first thing I should do is sit down and write a letter to all my congressmen and my senators and say, hey, dudes, what the hey? You know, why Why aren't you helping these guys, these yeah. women? Well, <clears throat> yes, that's that's a big thing. Uh, I, would, I would suggest they get more involved with all these local organizations, such as my own. There's a lot of organizations in Arkansas that they could uh, volunteer their time for. And these organizations have a hard time right now finding volunteers, finding them. So uh, off the top of my head. Well, let me, let me just stop sure. you there. Let's, sure. let's For volunteers with you, okay, uh, with, with we are the 22. What are some of the things that you need done by volunteers? Right now I need veterans to help respond. That's what I need. If, they, if, if, if you can get onto our Facebook page or our, our website, we are the 22.org. And you can volunteer. We actually have a sign-up roster on there, and you can sign up. All we requ- all we ask of you is that you be a veteran. And uh, if you're interested in going and helping saving suicidal veterans, you can go on that sign-up roster. You can sign up. We'll get you through assist training through Living Works. It's a suicide prevention training, and then you will actually be sent out to go respond to veterans and help them get in. That's that's what we need more than anything. There's such an influx of calls right now, and I don't know what it is about the last four months, but there's been call after call after call of veterans in crisis trying to get help. And we are simply understaffed. We we're, we can't send somebody out every time if nobody's there to go. So mm-hmm. since we draft all of our people from the ranks of veterans, and that's that's the best way to volunteer for us, just come on and do that. We don't really do much else besides go in to suicidal veterans. We don't, you know, so that's our primary focus is saving them. So Okay, uh, so if somebody's interested, they go to We Are the 22 uh, facebook.com we are the 22 is that where they need to go they can go there they can go to we are to we are the 22.org we have our website okay. so uh, they can go there like i said there's a sign up roster they can click on it put their name on there we'll contact them and then next time we have a group and i think there's one coming up this month later this month uh there's a, an assist class later in february let's say what is this month and uh but there is an assist class coming then. And so anybody that signs up between in the next two weeks will be sent through that program and they'll be, after they're done with it, then they'll be able to respond. So go out and talk to veterans that are in crisis and help us get them into the VA. So, okay. So you give the necessary training for, uh, the former vets to be able to handle well, yes. a crisis. Yes, sir. And no, sir. But there's nobody that's really giving out training right now on what we're attempting to do except for law enforcement. So, we're actually, uh, you know, we actually go into what's out there right now for most civilians is a program, and it's a great program. Don't get me wrong. I love it. it it's great. It's the Assist and the Safe Talk programs through Living Works Foundation. And what they teach you to do is, is if someone you think is suicidal is out there, they teach you how to approach them and talk to them and things of that nature. But what we are actually doing is going into veterans who are already in crisis. And the we moment. Know, we know that it's going down right there. Mm-hmm. So... However, there is a lot of veterans that have already had blocks upon blocks upon block of uh, suicide prevention training through the military. 
that just doesn't transfer over to the civilian sector. So most veterans are already armed with that knowledge anyway. We just kind of refresh it. Once they go through the assist program, we, we talk to them, tell them kind of how we do things, set them up, and then you just wait on a call. It's really simple. Also, let me stress the value and the uh, importance of a phone call or a text. Sometimes that is all it takes to save a life because if somebody's sitting there alone and they're suicidal, that text, that phone call could break their thought process enough to get them out of that funk, just enough to save their life, and that's all you're trying to do. So one of the things we do, too, is we, we have a pool of guys that we – it's like a chat. It's like a group chat, and it's people that want – veterans that want to help us talk down guys. So let's say we find out from somebody's mom or their girlfriend or even from themselves that they are – there's a veteran in crisis, they're suicidal. We will push that out into a group chat type scenario and say, hey, will people reach out to this guy and just tell him that people are worried about him, they care about him. And you have veterans then doing that, texting, and suddenly this person who may be isolated and alone because of their PTSD, living out in the woods somewhere, and uh, all of a sudden their their inbox starts, you know, hey, there's these people out here that care about me. People really do care. They get some of the thinking, uh, and sometimes that's all it takes. It doesn't even take a response. Sometimes that's enough to make someone know that, hey, people do care, not alone, and uh, that's a really good thing. So uh, that's one of the ways we do that. But um being from my own personal experience, if you would like to donate some money to the organization for gas, because Michael does all this on his own, um, gas cards are helpful. Mm-hmm. So um, you can contact us and or me or him and we can, because I mean, when these guys go out to respond, they need gas. I mean, they don't, I mean they're just veterans too, you know, they're not like uh, Bill, you know, whatever, how far do you go? I mean, uh, as far as it takes, if there's a vet, it doesn't matter where or how far it is. If there's a veteran that needs our help, we will send. I don't care if I've got to get up in the middle of the night and drive there myself. I will. Uh, right now, my friend here that's in the studio, we're going to drive about what two hours to his house right here in a minute to take him home from where we were helping him today. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's no problem. It is okay. I say that in like Val said, I, I, <laughs> it is a problem. <laughs> it gets expensive. I'm a, I'm 100 percent disabled. I'm on disability and social security, and I'm doing this out of my pocket. Uh, so yeah, it, 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 she is right. We could use the funding, the funding, every bit of what we use or whatever, every inch of what comes into our foundation goes directly into helping get veterans in, get them care. If we find a veteran who maybe was on drugs for a while, who's malnourished because they've been doing whatever for however long, we'll take them in make sure they get food. If they are really far from the VA, we'll put them in a hotel until we can get them in. We do whatever it takes. So that's where all your money goes. We make nothing off this. So it's just. Um, and it gets difficult. It does. Is there a place to donate online, Val? Yes, I believe that our Facebook page still has a portal, a donation portal, and I know that our website does. So it goes straight into We Are Twenty Two Foundation. So you can donate on there. So okay, We Are the Twenty Two dot org. Yes, or Facebook dot com slash We Are the Twenty Two. Yes, sir. Okay, so you can get information at either place if you want to uh, uh, volunteer. You go to either place and uh, follow what uh, uh, their instructions are there. If you want to donate, that's where you go. I mean, look, if you can only afford 10 bucks, 10 bucks is 10 bucks. That's okay. Money. You get, truth. you get, you know, you get a hundred people, give 10 bucks, you that's know, you, you got some money, <laughs> there, us, you, know? you got some things <laughs> to work with. So, yes, you know, keep that, keep that in mind. And, uh, they are a, a 5013C, which means you can write that off of your taxes at least till next right. year. <laughs> right. Keep that keep that in mind. So uh 
it all comes down to, as you've been hearing him talk and you're hearing the stories and you're hearing the problem, are you going to help be part of the solving of that problem? Uh, if I have a few couple of minutes, I'll, yeah, tell you, I'll give you an example of one of our, uh, one of our bigger cases that we did. We received a call last summer in July about a gentleman who was in North Arkansas who needed help. And that case there, we, I responded, my vice president at the time responded. And at, before that standoff was over, this veteran was armed with an AR 15 armor piercing rounds a mm-hmm. 1911 caliber, caliber pistol. Uh, there were five county sheriffs involved, two state troopers. It, it turned out to be a slight standoff for a little bit. We were able to talk him down and he was suicidal and we were able to talk, talk him down, get him into the VA. He completed a program and now he's doing very well up in up in north arkansas so he actually is part of the program part of world 22 he's an integral member of it so what we do does work we have proof of that so you know that's if like she said and like you've said without funding we can't keep we can't keep responding it's well you gotta have impossible. money 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 is and he won't the, ask the world <laughs> so I, I don't like to ask right. he, won't, he didn't come in here to do that i, really I mean do. i just throwing that out there because i know what he goes through yeah uh, okay. all right so let's take a break we are the 22 is the name of the organization. We are the 22.org. We are the 22 off of Facebook. So it's facebook.com slash. We are the 22. You're listening to me. And, uh, if you're a vet, you know that you should help it out. So, uh, get in touch. And again, if you can't re- if volunteer, you know, Hi. we understand you can't, you don't have time. That's fine. Give a little bit of money. Yeah. You know, give some money to to help uh, to help things. But we also need out. bodies too. Well, yeah, as he <laughs> with, said, with they cars. need people. They need people be to nice. be able to go out and uh, and meet these people as well. Hey, don't forget about Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Here's how it works: all cars and trucks are going to reach the end of their life for one of two reasons: either they're worn out or they've been totaled in an accident. At Sunny's Auto Salvage, what they do is they pick by hand only, well maintained total loss vehicles that allow Sunnies to supply you with top quality recycled auto parts that give you years of reliable service. They'll back them up with a warranty. I mean, one, two, three year warranty parts and labor. They'll give you unlimited mileage in many cases. And, uh, you can trust the parts that you get from uh, Sunnies auto salvage. Just remember these are well-maintained total loss vehicles. If Let's say you got a 2009 Corolla like I did, and it needs the transmission like mine did. Uh, the last thing I wanted to do is to go somewhere and have the uh, transmission cracked open, have it rebuilt, put it back in, and uh, cost me about $1,700. Uh, when it was all said and done and I talked to RD at Sunny's Auto Salvage, they did all of that. Their mechanics put a transmission in that had about 24,000 miles in it uh, from a uh, lost uh, Corolla and used that uh, transmission, gave me a three-year parts and labor on it, unlimited mileage, and the car is running like a top now and saved me between five and $700. Unbelievable what it did for me. Son needs to do the same for you, R.D. Take good care of you. You just call them, 982-7451, 982-7451. 
That's Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Okay, don't forget about Safari Pets, 808 West Main in Cabot. They're number 501-628-0067. Let's see. They sent me some information. I wanted to pass it on to you. And uh, my fault, I don't have it up right fast for you. So I got to take a look and see if I can find Jason on here real quick. Yeah, I hate this. Yeah, it really works when you you should write it down the first time they tell it to you. Just know, give them a call, 501-628-0067. They have a, a photographer that's going to be coming in, and uh, you can get pictures taken with you and your pet, you know, for Valentine's Day. And I know a lot of you want to do that. Plus, they're giving away... Uh, uh, some major uh, dog food as well. Uh, you'll want to go, and, and that's going to happen, I believe. I'm, I'm thinking it's uh, the, it's the week of Valentine's Day, which, of course, is the 14th. So it's right in that area. You go in and you uh, put your register in there uh, to, to try to get your name drawn. Oh, here it is. I found it. I found, I found it. Uh, this is going to be February 10th. It's called Puppy Love. Uh, photos February 10th. You also get to register to win six months of free dog food on that day. Now, if you happen, let me just say, if you happen to have a little tiny chihuahua or something, probably get food for life. You know, they give you a 50 pound bag of food. That's going to last forever for a chihuahua. Just, just think about that. But that's happening on the 10th of February at Safari Pets, 808 West Main. And Cabot, Jason, thanks for sending that information to you. I appreciate you, brother. John uh, and uh, Sarah, the owners, and, and Jason, take good care of you if you go over to uh, Safari. They're pretty cool. Safari Pets, they are great people. They're going to be back on in March uh, on the show. I wonder what they'll bring. And I have no idea what they'll bring. Uh, I, I also want to talk to uh, to John about, uh, from now on when he comes on, to bring information about certain animals. You know, like a bearded dragon. What should you know about a bearded dragon before you buy one? You mean you the, take, one? the care? Yeah, the t- yeah. You know, taking yeah, care yeah, yeah, or yeah. buying a, you know, setting up a terrarium or, yeah. you know, and what you got to have in. That might turn someone away. You know, the, the, well, the whole thing, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. here's the key. You know, it used to be you had those rocks that were warm right. and mm-hmm. you had them if you had, mm-hmm. you know, reptiles. Don't do that anymore. They found out it killed them. What? Over time, it would kill them. They, My snake always laid on it. They might them. lay on it and get Burn up. get too hot and literally, you know, cook their insides. So now it's a, they've got these lights that mm, you put in light. and keep it warm for them, which is much better because they can get out of the light, you know, if they need to. Right. So anyway. Interesting. Different things that we can talk about. I haven't about. had a pet like that in a while. You want you want a tarantula for a pet? No. No, I don't either. No. I've told him. He may bring anything he wants to but in here, but not or an arachnid. I will jump no out that arachnid. window that doesn't even open yeah, if he I know. brings a tarantula Arach- in here. Arachnids are not uh, going to be welcomed here into the studio. <laughs> well, uh, let's let's finish let's finish off here. We have just seven minutes. Again, we are twenty two and dot org and Facebook. And if someone needs some help, your number. My number is four seven nine two seven six six five six seven. And I'm Michael Brooks. I'm the founder. So if you call me up, I'll make sure that his ringer is on 24 hours a day. Oh, it sure is. I promise you. Just to know, you'll get you'll get him. Now I'm not saying he doesn't say, "Oh, 
Sometimes. <laughs> all right, I won't say he doesn't say that sometimes. All right, but if you like say if you I say to him, "Hey, I need some help," he will wake up immediately at that time. Yes, I will, and I will drive where you're at if I need to, and, and come and, and come take care of you. Yep. How how often do you get that kind of call? I mean, the actual call we've had eleven actual that I consider that the foundation considers actual suicide crisis, where we are pretty sure that they would have completed without our intervention. Uh, We've had eleven though since our since we began responding, I believe, last June. So wow, yeah, and and you got to think that's we've had a, a lot more calls than that, but those are the ones that I consider were actual life and death. Now we get calls that are guys that are just you know having a bad time. We we we, we welcome those calls. We uh we have guys that that call in about just wanting information on different programs, different groups. We welcome those too. We welcome any veteran to call in uh, if if they'd like to know how they can get more inter- you know more active or more involved. I mean, call us up if you you don't you just have to call when you're in crisis. You can call us up, figure out how you can help. We buried a lot of veterans this last month in, or this last year in Arkansas. We really did from suicide. Uh, and a lot of those came from the 39th infantry, which is based here in Arkansas. So, uh, I would say if that was, if that was your da- deal, if you're sitting there at home, you're drawing a disability check, you can't do anything else. You're unemployable and you're a veteran. Give us a call. You know, we can put you in that group. You can call, you can sit there and talk to other guys when they're upset and you can calm them down or you might be able, if you want to go out on responses, go out and save them. Get do, them you in. Ha- do you have, I mean, people are calling in to this four, seven, nine, two, seven, six, 65, 67. That's you. Yes, do, you, do you have a number for your organization? We do have a number, but we have it offline at the moment while we okay. were building the response teams. So until we get everybody in place where we can actually stand up, we're doing this kind of off of a social media aspect at the moment. We have a number, but we're keeping it offline until we get everything in place to at least start to at least start fully responding to about a, it's about a quarter of the state of what we're looking at. And we'll start growing from there. It'll probably be within the next month we'll stand that up. So, All right, so you're going to have a, a helpline. Yes, yes, sir, basically. Right now, you come well, to Facebook.com, and uh, we are the 22, uh, and, yes, and, and uh, you can get help there. Yes, sir, you can. All right. You Thanks. can carry on a conversation with them. Yes, sir. Don't, don't, you're not running away yet, man. <laughs> we still got about two minutes to go. Yes, sir. And uh, so are you looking for people that, you know, are, uh, you know, at, a, at any given time, I know you're looking for volunteers that – can engage with these people and and can talk to them. We're 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 built as a as a peer to peer suicide prevention or suicide response network. That's what we're building ourselves at. We're not doctors. We're not right. We're not cops. We're or police officers. We're actually just veterans that that care about other veterans. And therefore, what we want is a pool of these veterans to be able to pick from. That way, in case somebody's got their kids and they can't respond, we understand everybody's got busy lives. Or if somebody can't get up at two in the morning to go, if we have the more that we have willing to do it then we'll have more of a pull that we can draft from so there will always be someone to respond. Because in our opinion, it doesn't matter how many walks, how much, you know, uh, how many fundraisers you do, how many freaking little events you do. In the end, if you don't have somebody to go in there and actually help them, then I don't think you're ever going to be fully successful in, in stopping it myself. And that's, yeah. that's what a lot of my guys think. So uh, we now we will say that Tanya Flair Phillips, she did get that suicide prevention hotline up for the state. That's a really big thing. Did you see that? No, it actually came on. I think a couple of days ago, there was actually a civilian. Arkansas has its own local. It's not just for veterans; it's for everyone. Right? Suicide affects everyone, so that's a really big thing. We're hoping eventually to tie into them to be able to to get calls, you know, with them. So we're going to start working on that. I think to maybe so. 
Uh, but that's 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 a really big thing, and that's something you can call it. Actually, it'll be it's actually a phone line here in Arkansas for everyone. It's a big deal. We're happy about that too for them. So. All right, Michael Brooks here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, we are the twenty two dot o r g. We are the twenty two on Facebook. Uh, you know, if you can afford ten, twenty, twenty five hundred dollars, uh, give to this five hundred one three C C three. Yes, C three. I got it backwards. Yes, sir. Uh, they, you know, you can write that off on your taxes, and it goes a long way to help these guys get out to talk to the veterans that need to be talked to. Yes, sir. And, uh, Michael, thanks for coming Thank in. Thank you it's for always the a pleasure. We only had a few minutes the last, the last time. This time, had a full hour really get into it. We appreciate you, man. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you, Dad. This is a great opportunity to get the word out there. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much. Yes, we sir. got more coming your way. Stick with us. 96.5 FM, The Answer. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit commonly referred to to as aid and attendant. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year. And we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T, lawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. Are you listening, Shane? with me i don't know about you some of you are going home right now you lucky dog you there you go hey jimmy is that you singing no that's peyton peyton is that you that's crank me. it up man crank it up what's up baby Peyton, you, you got to get that. <laughs> the Cookie Monster voice. <laughs> you got to get that grovelly stuff going in there. <laughs> yeah, something up. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a. <laughs> I was born to be a metalhead. That that's what happened. A little speed metal there. Yeah, a little like brash that. metal. I like that. I like that a lot. I'm. That, that's probably one of the things that, as people have listened to this show, they've slowly figured out about me. You know, I'm a huge Metallica fan. Right monster metallica fan to be honest i remember when they used to open for kiss oh wow and then Meta- uh kiss said you can't open anymore because <laughs> the, crowd, the crowd liked them better than they liked Kiss. Yeah, no no fireworks <laughs> and spitting blood is going to make up for no for that good rock and roll yeah you got that so anyway yeah that's uh i'm huge as far as that goes i love that and uh 
Rancid and a lot of other groups. Uh, that's where that's where it all came from. Is uh, Metallica. Was that did, is that what you cut your teeth on? Oh yeah, that was my Bible, man. Growing up, Metallica, James Hetfield, Kirk Hammett, those guys. They wrote they wrote the metal Bible. No, they're special. Lars is special. The drummer. Have you ever seen one of their com- their concerts? Oh, oh yeah, I've seen them more than anybody. How else. four times? I think. That dude must have a resting heart rate of ten. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, in that last record, how they? I mean, just the double kick and how he's doing it at fifty years old and yeah, yeah, that's how he does it. Are they going yeah. back on tour anytime soon again? They're back out right now. They're, they're, still they're, over, they're and, over in Europe right now. Yeah, I think yeah, they're yeah. going to be in Spain and so I'm waiting for them to come back. All I add, ask when they come back to the states. Please, I've seen God smack three times with Metallica. I don't want to see them anymore. No. Bring somebody else with them. Right. Yeah, there's there's so many other acts out there. And I've seen God smack. And, you know, They're not bad. Good, good band, but, I mean, it's Metallica. you got to bring something else. It's, uh... Give Metallica an extra 45 minutes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fine with me. Yep. I'll take that. I'll take that. Okay, so Peyton and Jimmy are here. Peyton, this is your first time around here. Uh, Yeah, it is. On on your show, at least. yeah. So yeah I'm, good to, I'm glad you're here. Now, there is a huge story behind Peyton taking part in the Monsters of Todd Four. Go ahead, Peyton, break the story. Well, the story is, man. Uh, when I was 15 years old, back in 2010, I was in a metal band uh, well, he's called Rinda. Yeah, Rinda the Rampage was the name. Render the Rampage, and uh, you know it was a big deal. It started off slow, like every like every, you know, artistic endeavor, and then people caught on. And uh, pretty soon we were flying across the country, you know, touring all over the world, and the fame, started to, get, the fame started to get to us. And it's addictive. Yeah, I mean, it, it really did. You know, it's like you can only live in the limelight for so long. I am with we you. We were young, and so we decided to take a step back, and the band, you know, we went our separate ways, and we disappeared. For a while, there's been a lot of rumors about what happened to us. And now here in 2018, eight years later, we are reuniting for Monsters of Todd for the event that we're here to talk about today. All right. Big. Yeah. I'm liking this. So the the original group is coming back together. All four original members, myself, Daniel, uh, Darren, and Jared. Okay. So have you guys been pursuing music since you went your separate ways? Uh, Jared, uh, has a full-time job working a garden out on a, on a hippie farm. Uh, Daniel works a desk job. He's, he's a finance manager in New York and, um, Darren works at an ice cream shop, but I'm the only one that's not does, tasty freezer. No, it's not, it's not Johnson's tasty. Freezer. Okay. Shan't, I guess you. Shan't we get that confused? Um, but yeah, so Darren's doing his ice cream thing. You know, Dan is desk job. I'm pursuing music in Indianapolis. Um, I, I play, I play at a piano bar there. You live so, in Broad Ripple by any chance? I, I do live in How Broad about Ripple. That? See, that's right. Uh, he's an artistic guy. Yep. I'm from Indiana originally, dude. No I way. I used to work at WIBC, so yeah, I know Indianapolis really well. Really, you've know, been over to Plumps, I'm sure. Yeah, I was know. there. I was there the last night before I left. <laughs> you live where I grew up in Cabot. Is that the yeah. art community in the, the in the area? Yeah, Broad Ripple is kind of the artsy place. It it is now when when that I, now that I live now that <laughs> I'm trying to think when um, oh what's his name from the Grateful Dead uh, Jerry Gar- Garcia Garcia died I was on at WIBC and I for two hours I talked about Garcia and played some of the, uh, playing the Grateful Dead music and stuff and they were 
gathered in the square there in Broad Ripple with candles and stuff, and they had my show turned up real loud, and really? people wow. were call people were calling in and remembering their their Grateful Dead concert. We love you, to. Jerry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the ice cream. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about. Have you? Did you? Were you lucky enough to go to a dead uh, concert? I probably I, not. I have seen a dead and company concert. Okay, it's 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 the guys that are left with John Mayer on guitar and lead really? vocals. Really? Yeah, yeah. Bob kind of, Weir and John kind of, Mayer and yeah, they've they've kind of brought in a few people over the years. They had uh, Bruce Hornsby for a while playing with them. Well, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, they just kind of rotated a few more contemporary musicians into their music have you seen that netflix thing on weir no i haven't the documentary no i haven't that boy is weird yeah the <laughs> like the the strange life of bob weir. yeah he's weird he really <laughs> just is. had the d he's strange he joined he joined up with the dead when he was 14 i did not know wow. that when he's 14 he's been, prodigy. been part of it ever since you know wow. yeah i i went and saw him when Pigpen and all of them were still playing on, together and uh it was a four-hour concert. My God! By the time, yeah. you, well, you got to give everybody their solo time. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. And probably, I will just tell you, it was the most. It was in Chicago at the amphitheater, the old amphitheater. The old amphitheater was, you know, sea level, but everybody who was there was Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just, a little high. Yeah, I'm just saying it was pretty crazy. <laughs> Contact high still wearing oh, off. Oh, <laughs> man, it was unbelievable. You walk in there with a knife and cut the smoke. Wow. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It really was. When, when, I saw, when I saw who was left of them, there, you would look around, there'd be guys like me like, cool, we're seeing the Grateful Dead. Yeah. And then there would be guys that are barely standing up that were like, I'm seeing them again. Yeah. <laughs> and, boy, Jerry still can play well. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Time I know to what you're saying. The, uh, the eyeglasses. Yeah. All right, so uh, the monster of Todd Four is coming up, Jimmy. I'm going to turn it over to you for this. You, sir, have been doing this uh, this whole time, four years now. Why don't you explain to everybody? I always, when I have you on, I need you to give us the history of this. What's going on exactly? Happy to tell you. Um, well, the name Monsters of Todd, the the namesake was a friend of mine, Todd Mills. Um, I was in the military with him, and we were in a band together, a band called Daisy Chain. Um, we played for a number of years. Great friends. Um, unfortunately he passed away from brain cancer back mm-hmm. in 2013. So a bunch of his friends and I got together a bunch of bands and said, Hey, you know, we need to help the family pay funeral costs, medical bills. Let's throw something together. So we got a bunch of bands on the bills, the biggest bands in town. Um, just everybody threw their talents together and put on a show at the rev room and raised quite a bit of money and, and were able to help the family out. And it, it, it was a great, communion of folks just we were grieving but wanted to have fun and not sit around having a pity party and do what todd would have wanted us to do um and it was a great time and the response to that was overwhelming it's been big every year it's bigger every year people asked are you going to do it again so we'll we put on another one the next year and our our goal has shifted uh we initially you know as i said wanted to pay medical expenses and so forth but since then we decided hey let's take this wave of goodwill and energy that people have you know been showing us and and putting into this thing and let's take it somewhere else let's donate to charity so the second year uh, we donated to uh, american red cross mm-hmm. but then for the third year and now this year the fourth year we decided to make it local let's let's find someone who's in need who's battling cancer 
and it's been kids. Last year, it was Keegan Provost, Keegan the Warrior, uh, and this year is our beneficiary is Athena Bog. Uh, she's a six-year-old little girl, lives here in North Little Rock. She's wow. been battling leukemia uh, for the last year and four months, something like that. Um, and it's, it's funny how the world's kind of small, you know, in a cancer ward that we found out about Keegan last year and would ask when we were trying to find another beneficiary, uh, we would ask, you know, these, this is a close knit group there on the fourth floor of the children's ward. And we would ask, is there someone else that you know of that's struggling their family, either physically or financially or emotionally, someone else we can help. So we were referred to Athena. Um, so we're putting all of our efforts uh, into that to benefit her family this year. All right. Fantastic. It's a, it's a great opportunity for people to have the ability to touch somebody within their community. You're right. And, and I'm not an oncologist. All I know how to do is play a couple of songs and get people together, you know, and I've been fortunate with, with Peyton and Matt Joyce and all these other bands that have been, have played on this. We've had over 40 bands play, you know, over these, these past four years. And it's been incredible and just a great feeling to see the number of people with that much talent that will say, hey, where do you want me to be? I'll play for free. They could be out making hundreds or thousands of dollars a night. Mm-hmm. And these bands have just been volunteering their time and, and helping us out. Has Bombay Black ever played? They have not. I would love to get them on the bill for next year. Yeah, I'd love to. You know, they can play. Oh, yeah. Ty and Eric, they are they are a fantastic band. They're they're kind of split up. I think Eric is down in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. He, Eric's in Texas? Yeah, I think he does. Crash some, went to Texas? I think he does some voiceover stuff down there, and he, it sounds like he's got quite a few projects going. Uh, he's got the voice. I'll uh, tell you, he used it, to be my producer. Maybe it's Ty that's down in Texas. Maybe Ty. Okay. It might be Ty. But uh, All right. would love to have those guys on the bill for next year. Ty, Eric, if you're listening, give us a call. We want you on the bill next year. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll hassle him. I've got his phone number. Oh, please do. If you, <laughs> if, I, I don't him. care who it is that nudges yeah, him our way. I, I love Bombay Black. I used to play him on my show when Eric was my producer. Oh, they were fantastic. We, yeah, they really are. They're 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 one of those still, uh, you know, kind of what I call a uh, a coliseum rock band. Oh, they are. I mean, they've played those big festivals with big bands, you know, I mean, huge bands. They've played. Uh, they play anthem music. Oh, they do. You know what I'm saying? They do. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of as you said, anthem music. Sometimes there's most bands, a lot of rock bands this year. That seems like they would be too bashful to put something out that in your face and flamboyant oh, they get in out there. there. Man. They do, yeah. No yeah, holds they're barred. Really they're good. they're sons of '80s rock and roll, and gonna love it. Yeah, they are. They are fantastic. So, Peyton, how did this all happen? Now that you're coming back together, did did you call Jimmy and say, "Hey, we want to play, man"? It's kind of it's kind of a. Uh, it's a beautiful story is what I will say. When yes, it is. Me and the guitar player and the bass player of Render the Rampage, uh, our English teacher was Ginger Mills, Todd's wife. And we got to know Todd because she was she was very enthusiastic about our band. And she was like, my husband used to be in a band, and he would come out of his way, like out of his day, and he would come watch our shows and message us on Facebook and joke with us. And he was literally like one of those adults that, didn't treat kids like kids you know he like had a real relationship with you full of humor and great vibes and most importantly rock and roll of course (laughs) um and uh and we were crushed when he passed and uh the second year of the event i texted uh her and said is there any way that we can be a part of the event we love todd and we want to be a part of it 
and she got us on the bill. They literally, I think we might have even missed the promotional stuff, just came in last minute, and uh, we had the greatest time ever. This was two years ago. Now, this is a totally different band than Render the Rampage, though. It was okay. me and the guitar player, and so it it wasn't near as huge of a deal as it is this year that Render the Rampage is coming back, but, uh, but we got involved in... I plan on being there every year uh, going forward. The The event continues to grow. It's a family of people that love what this is about. Like he said, like people drop what they do and realize we're doing something bigger than putting on a rock show. We are helping someone who is in need. And um, that's very fulfilling. And Dave, I have, a, I have a confession to make, even to Peyton. Ginger called me, uh, you know, is you know, Peyton called her, can we play? Right, right. But Ginger called me. Asked, hey, I've got some kids who are some students um, of mine that would want to pay tribute to Todd. Can they play? So I thought, well, this is going to be a couple of 15-year-old kids. It'll be cute. <laughs> we'll pat them on the head, send them on yeah, their way. And all right, that. right. They show up. One, they weren't 14, 15-year-old kids. They are right. young men and blew the doors off that place. I remember the after the first 30 seconds, I was like, these other bands better step the heck up because this this band is bringing it. So, And they've been on the bill ever since. Okay, and, now when, when you – First song you did was it original or was it a cover? The first song we did was Four Play by Boston. Okay. You know that um and segued into Wayward Son. We can, yeah, we segued into we went from wow. right when it, you, you went before it goes into the it's been such a long time. <laughs> we went into the and the crowd just erupted. There again, I think a lot of folks just like, all right, here's some kids. What are they gonna do? And Holy smokes! Yeah, that was that was a game changer. It, it's a, it's on, gig, huh? Yeah, it's on video. There's a hilarious moment where, like, after we finish the first song, there's like three seconds of silence, and then some guy just yells out, "Them boys did their homework." <laughs> <laughs> yep, Dave, I will send you that YouTube video. It is it is fantastic. By the way, I have been told by Shane that Eric still is here in the area. Okay, so it's and that Bombay time. Black is still playing some gigs. So I promise you, I will send him a text. And then, he need, and then I'll get a phone number from you, and we'll see if they won't play next year. Oh. Or maybe you could sneak them in this year. Anyway, anytime, <laughs> anyhow, we, we would I love to Bombay have them. Black showed up. Now, you have to make sure you have the electrical supply necessary. <laughs> we need some backup them, amps yeah, for to sure. Be able to do their gig. Yep. Just, have you ever seen Bombay Black? I have not. Oh, my God. I will show you some clips. They are yeah. awesome. Yeah. They really are. Eric is just such a great guy, too. All right, Jimmy and Peyton are going to be with us for the hour. We're going to sit here and talk about rock and roll. We're going to talk about Monster of Todd 4. We didn't tell you when the date is. What's the date? It will be tomorrow night, Friday night, Ooh, February Friday the 2nd. Night. Okay. Yes, tomorrow night at the Rev Room. Okay. Doors open at 6. Show will start at 7. Well, maybe Bombay Black won't be there. <laughs> but the bottom line, maybe next year they will be there. Well, if you can do something to pull some strings to make that happen, yeah. They better start. I, I'm packing. already indebted to yeah. you, but that would that would just put it over. That'd the top. be very cool. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Abs- I really love the guys. I really do. I love the band. I've seen them play out in Conway a couple of times. I got to get a break here. Horton's uh, prosthetics and orthotics. Uh, if, if you find yourself needing uh, help in those areas, uh, the best business I can send you to is Horton's. It's family-owned business. It is, uh, of course, Gary, uh, the father who. Uh, as you know, if you've listened to my show, I've talked about him. He worked with NASA and came up with the articulating knee that are on prosthetics so that instead of walking like, you know, the old peg leg thing, you could actually bend uh, the prosthetic at the knee so that you had 
a normal gait. Uh, if you need an orthotic, if you perhaps have lost uh, part of a foot because of, of diabetes or something like that, they can help you so that you can walk uh, normally. Uh, if you're a woman and you've uh, lost uh, a breast or both breasts because of breast cancer, they can help you as well. They're uh, located at 5220 West 12th Street in Little Rock. Their phone number, 501-663-2908. What's so great about them is the empathy that they have for their patients. They get to know you as a patient, and they help you reach the highest form of mobility and self-worth that you possibly can reach with their help. That's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. All right, 30 seconds before Fox. Jimmy, Monsters of Todd Ford tomorrow night at the Rev Room. Where do people get their tickets? What's the cost of uh, entrance? You get the tickets at the door. There's no tickets in advance. Just get them at the door. It is $10 on the way in. That hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. No, it's 10 bucks, and there are eight bands, and it's going from music starts at 7 goes to one thirty. So that's that's a lot of bang for your bucks. Yeah, you guys. got that right. We'll talk about all of that when we come back. We got Fox News. Bring us up to date. What's the big story? A little bit more music here. This is Peyton. With who, Peyton? Who's this friend? This is, uh, oh, the song? Yeah. Yeah, this is me and uh, Daniel Simonson, the guitar player for Rent of the Rampage. This is a song we just released together about a month ago. All right, here you go. Original stuff. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, uh, The Answer. That's Peyton. He's in the studio. Jimmy's here in the studio. We're talking about Monster of Todd 4 happening tomorrow night at the Rev Room. Ten bucks at the door. Can't buy them. Can't buy the tickets in advance. Buy them at the door. Ten dollars get started at what time again, uh, Jim- Doors Jimmy? open at six. First band kicks off at seven. All right. Goes until like one. Uh, one thirty is when we have to shut off. 
Did I hear that Avenged Sevenfold might show up? Well, they are playing across the street. Yeah, I know they're going to be right there at the Verizon. And, and there's a possibility. Um, last year we were playing, um, and who walked Five in? Finger Death Punch, there the you bass go. player from Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, Chris Kyle walked in, was giving out tickets to our our uh, recipient last year, Keegan mm-hmm. and his family. Right, gave out tickets, backstage passes. So it's fantastic. Anything can happen. You, you, <laughs> you never know who's going to show know. up. No, that's then that's why you show up at events like that. You just if somebody's in the area, they hear rock and rolls being played. They just might say, you know, I might want to jam with them. I was a little subversive, and I went to the invite <laughs> link to uh, to the Avenged Sevenfold show. I'm like, hey, when you guys are done, come on over and want a little more rock and roll. Come on over to the Red Room. That so, would be pretty cool. A little subversive they, uh, that way. I actually heard that the guys with Avenged Sevenfold and Bullet from My Valentine, who's also playing, uh, they were interested in playing at Monsters of Todd. But when they heard that Render the Rampage was going to be there, they got really intimidated. <laughs> that's, that's why they wouldn't they answer my call. Intimidated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. I, I talked to, I used to talk to the singer of Avenged Sevenfold, Matt Shadows, and he was like, how are you guys so dang good? How are you guys just so dang good? And I said, you're born with it. You know, it's not, you don't. <laughs> born to do it. You know, you know, you don't just wake up one day and learn how to be awesome, you know. So it's now, just, be, be honest. What it was is that you happened to catch Shane Stack's you were like in his house and you heard him singing in the shower and when you, it oh just, it just got you going, didn't it? Yeah, it was Shane and I were roommates and I've heard Shane. I don't know if I'd call it singing, croaking, strangling a cat, <laughs> strangling a cat. <laughs> uh, either way, it's art. There you it, go. It is well, what art. he does with his voice is art. What's call up, it brother? Avant-garde. What's going well, on, just, Shane? Uh, you can ask Jimmy sometime off air about the fortunate son incident where uh, they recorded me. <laughs> And played me at a local radio station, uh, supposedly filling in while Daisy Chain was jamming, and, uh, and Jimmy was out of town. It was a it was a sting operation. But uh, <laughs> I remember it well. Oh yeah. So uh, well, there was another side to that story too, where I zinged him and he zinged me back. So it was, it was pretty good. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm an awful singer. I don't even pretend otherwise. Uh, but I, I did want to say. Well, that's that not what Jimmy says. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I, we don't want to go there. So, um, but anyway, uh, I, I just want to say you're covering the spectrum today, Dave. You opened with uh, Render the Rampage Thrash Rock. Then we got some uh, sound of music with uh, how, do you, how do you solve a problem like Maria. And then we got a Render the Rampage uh, power ballad. So it is a nice sandwich there of, of, of various uh, various types of music. Uh, but uh, Peyton, uh, you've got an amazing voice, man. I, I've never met He's you. He's good, but, huh? Uh, yeah, you've got you got something going on there, man. So work it. Uh, I I'm, I'm su- I, I suggested to him that he gargle with uh, you know some really bad whiskey before he goes out on stage just to get a little bit more gravelly yeah a little bit more gravel (laughs) (laughs) a little let me kill mister yeah i think i think you know it's just sadness a couple more girls break my heart i should be able to once you're broken down and you'll be settled right in a nice tone shane i appreciate it though man thank you thank you for the compliment that the first song that you heard was recorded when me yeah. and everybody in the band was 15 years old. That that's was about a, that's yeah. amazing. That was about the time that uh, yeah. Render the Rampage was, uh, you know, taking over the world, as they say. Yeah. 
The Awakening, yeah. yeah. The Alpha. And then and that last they song. They were woke. Yeah. And I'm 22 <laughs> yeah. now. The and cool so kids. I recorded that last yeah. song. Actually, both those songs with Darren Stripling at Blue Chair Studio, who is our original yeah. bass player for Render the Rampage. Oh, cool. And yeah. he'll be there tomorrow. Yes, he will. You're already a master of self-deprecating humor, so I respect that. <laughs> I think you guys were smart at, you know, being that young and stepping back uh, from the limelight a little bit. But, Dave, I just, honestly, I just want to call in and say thanks for having these guys on and helping to promote uh, the Monsters of Todd. And, you know, Jimmy jumped in just as Todd's friend after everything happened and without having a clue what he was doing and, and just jumped in there and, I still and made don't. all this happen. So. Uh, you know, and, and so many people have come together, uh, you know, the local band community and even outside of the local band community to make this stuff happen. Uh, you know, I just wanted to take a moment, if I could, and, and just share a couple of stories about Todd, uh, just to give you kind of an idea of, of who he was and, you know, why people loved him so much. Uh, you know, you, you, Dave, you may not know this. Uh, you remember when the bomb went off in uh, Atlanta at the Olympics? Yes. Todd was uh, an Air Force bomb dog handler, and he was the first bomb dog on the scene. He was down there supporting the Olympics. Oh, that's cool. And he, he was the first bomb dog on the scene uh, when that happened. That was, what, like 96? 96. Um, he was a very creative, fun guy. Uh, Jimmy has probably shared this on past shows, but if not, he did a campaign, an online campaign lobbying Taco Bell to make Dorita Dorito taco shells. Now I remember uh, like, this. Yeah, like a year before they did it, and they invited him out and they flew him out and all that, so he could sample, you know, the new stuff. So he's just a he was just a real fun guy like that, like Peyton was talking about, you know, when he was, you know, interacting with kids and and you know he he reinvented himself. He he got out of the military, uh, got a job with the North Little Rock Police Department, which is not easy. I think out of all the applicants, he was only like him and one other guy made it through the academy and everything. Uh, later in life, he uh, he became a, a web designer, uh, and then he ended up being the uh, the guy overall, the marketing and creativity at the Little Rock Chamber of Commerce. Wow. So, in, in, yeah, in addition to being in uh, in bands and just having a lot, of, he was just a really dynamic, uh, cool guy. So, you know, and – well, I, I want to make sure that, you know, the kids that are being highlighted and helped and, you know, you guys are, are battling cancer with rock, which is so sweet. But, you know, I just wanted to throw out a little love on, on Todd. I called him, um, like, we called him Toad Suck. Uh, that was like our, our nickname <laughs> for him. But I called him Hambone Mills because that dude could ham it up. He's, yes, he I could. really wish you could have met him, Dave. He was a cool guy. So Yeah, we probably would have had a fun time on the radio. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was just a really cool, fun guy. But anyway, I'm going to turn it back. I'm going to jump off, let these guys talk more about, you know, how people can help. But I did want to ask, and then I'm going to jump off. You guys can answer when I drop. How can people help out if uh, if they can't make the event, but they still want to contribute? Is is there a way to do that? Dave, thanks again. I hope you guys have a great time tomorrow. Hey, we'll I, uh, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow uh, afternoon. Tomorrow, but they still want For the geek panel. Yeah, the geek panel. We'll yeah. talk to you then, man. Thanks, Shane. Right. Talk Shane. Shane. We'll talk to you later. All right. So, yeah, for the people who want to make donations and they can't make the concert, how do they do that? Yes, they can go to Facebook. Uh, there is a page called Athena Strong. Uh, you can go there. Athena's dad, Russ, is the, the admin on that page and let you in. There was someone else. Um, he didn't start it. A friend of his had started a GoFundMe page um, for Athena's family. Um, they raised some money for, for Christmas. Um, 
but they can always use, you know, day-to-day, uh, you know, diapers and, you know, if food and because they're, they're, this family is getting by on $1,000 a month. Wow. And it's a single dad and uh, five boys and a girl. Woo. And it's, it's tough. You can imagine. Well, yeah. And that's just an addition. That's just financially. I mean, this is yeah. a girl who's battling leukemia, requires nearly constant care. So Russ, Russ is a trained chef, but he, he can't work right now. He's got to make sure you know his girls get better and his kids are taken care of. And it's tough. So every little bit that we can do contributes you know, to them to better. What, what, what is the link for the GoFundMe? Uh, you just go straight to uh, Russ Boggs. R U S S B O G G S on his Facebook page, um, or you can go to Athena Strong. It'll both pop up. Okay, uh, it'll take you to his page. He'll let you in there, and the uh, the GoFundMe page is linked in there. All right, don't forget now. Monster of Todd Four is tomorrow night. The time is upon us. It's at the Rev Room again. Get started at doors open at six. Show starts at seven. Okay, ten bucks to get in. Ten bucks. That's it. Can't buy them in advance. Got to pay at the door. Bring a tin spot with you. That way they don't have to make change and hold up the line. And bring extra cash. We will have a silent auction with a boatload of, of items that have oh, been cool donated stuff. to us. Oh, I'd be happy to go over it when you're ready. All right. We go, we're going to do that when we come back. We're going to give you the whole uh, rundown of the bands that are playing. We'll talk about some of the silent auction items that they're going to have. And uh, we want you to be part of Monster of Todd Four and Eric, read your text messages. I sent you something. Hey, a family-owned ranch in Greenbrier. It's called Lewis Ranch, and the uh, business there is Lewis Family Beef. Uh, all of their cattle are born on their ranch, raised on their ranch, raised out in the field, so they're raised stress-free because a stress-free cow is a tender cow. The meat doesn't get tough from all the hormones that are poured into their blood because of being, you know, knocked around by other cows and things. And at Lewis Family Beef, none of their cows that you buy for beef has antibiotics in them or hormones. It is clean beef that you'll be feeding your family. People who have eaten Lewis Family Beef, and I am one, Continue to buy Lewis Family Beef because once you have their beef, then you go buy it at the big box store again. Uh, it That stuff in the big box store is just not up to snuff. You can buy a quarter cow, a half cow, or a whole cow. You buy the cow, then the packing house calls you, asks you how you want the steaks cut, how much of it you want to be made into ground beef, things of that nature. When it's all said and done and packaged up, then they call the Lewis family beef folks and they deliver it to your home absolutely free. Call Cody or Sarah Lewis at 501-514-1494, 501-514-1494. Visit them on Facebook, facebooklive.com slash Lewis family beef. Don't wait upon 
doesn't been sound like the lead singer of STP. Your heart is overcast. I want you to listen to that. I can hardly stand. So that, that explains to you, Robin, why you dresses up like a girl. <laughs> if you gotta go, don't <laughs> run like a cowboy. I'm going to tell you, only still until the violent man will understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, what, what's so sad about that is to have somebody that talented just throw it all to crap for drugs. Yeah. I mean, a heroin at that. I mean, just. Yeah, it's it just, it's cliche. No. Because you know what? I love STP. Yep. You know what a great man. you 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 play the opening chords to Vaseline and I will oh, jump out of this seat. I'm just love saying. It. I'm looking at Peyton. Peyton, you like being uh, somebody saying that you sound like the lead singer from STP? I'll take any <laughs> any compliment you're willing to dish my way, I'm Dave. I'm just saying you sound like I, you, you should get a hold of the the twins and say, hey, dude, let's do this again. Uh, I do I do a heck of a uh, of a Pearl Jam impression. Oh, so. do you really? Yeah. Oh, that's that's. That's pretty good. Rest his head on a pillow made of concrete. Hey, save it for tomorrow night, yeah, Chief. Yeah, don't blow out the pipe right. now. Don't All bury right. the lead. Quickly, tell me uh, again, James. We know what's going to happen tomorrow night. What? Who are the other bands playing? Um, we've got uh, Mayday by Midnight, Nerd Eye Blind, of course, Render the Rampage, uh, The Gettys, the band that Todd founded. They get back together every year for this. Cool. Uh, stays in Vegas. Uh, the big damn horns they're they're incredible huge band as the name implies tons a lot of, of brass horns. oh yeah there, there. yeah but it's it's rock funk r&b brass oh, the whole thing um we've also got krista meadows and the sleeping giants they're coming down from missouri to play for us oh. and a late addition but a welcome addition uh we have sarah cecil and david mead i got it was serendipity where we i was kind of laying out the schedule when the bands were going to go how long they were going to play we're like we're going to need a little bit of filler you know we don't want gaps we want to keep the flow going and right. i get a i get an email from david mead he said hey me and sarah cecil you know we'd love to to play it's a great cause so i watched the videos and was just blown away um, she's awesome she is and no how and old is she she's 13 13 she's incredible go to youtube look or go to her facebook page sarah Cecil's 13. music. she's 13 She's trying to one up her into the rampage. Wow. <laughs> well, hey, but but they so they are our special guests, and and they've gone a step further. They have been sharing the invites and all this. And last night, of course, we have Athena, who is our our recipient this year, right? Um, David and Sarah went over to meet with her last night, um, played music for, played games, and let because Athena has five her, brothers. She is she over get, at ACU? Uh, well, she she was back home, but last night they met over at St. Vincent's at the hospitality okay. room All over right. there. Um, played some games with the kids, and it let her be a girl for a while. Let Sarah That's and good. Athena play some games together. She braided Sarah's hair for and just be a girl for a little All bit. Right. Yeah, the pictures but, were very, very sweet. Yeah, yeah and, and those, awesome. are, those are up on our, our Monsters of Todd Facebook page. But they have just been a late addition, but a welcome addition. Okay, They're so, so, before, so great. before we break here. Silent auction items. Silent auction items. We've got some more coming in. We just picked up another today. Um, we have a guitar, uh, a Fender Strat guitar donated by one of the bands. Um, Chris Fulmer from Stays in Vegas donated his guitar. All the bands are going to sign it. So that will be available wow. for auction. We have a piece of artwork, a musical instrument artwork 
um, is incredible. It's an acoustic guitar. The face has been lifted off and redone, um, custom made for Monsters of Todd Four out of stained glass. That was done by uh, artist. Uh, it's Mich- beautiful, Michelle King. Uh, she has donated that to us. We have a uh, hundred dollar gift certificate from Doze Eat Place. We have a hundred dollar gift certificate from the Reclaimed Artisan Shop. Um, gosh, don't let, we have Darren Stribling who plays Blue Chair Render the Rampage. He's also uh, the owner of Blue Chair Recording Studio. He's donated three hours of studio recording time. That's a hundred and fifty dollar value. So that's a big deal. And the items keep coming in. So we we right, welcome so them all. Keep in keep in mind, Monster Todd Four. Tomorrow night, doors open at 6, Rev Room, $10 to get in, and all the music starts at 7 o'clock, and I've got 30 seconds. Yeah, I just wanted to say, and if you think this is an event where all the bands suck at the beginning and are really good later, every band is great. Like, Krista Meadows coming down from Branson, she's a goddess. She's going to be the most talented person in the state. Everyone's great. Anytime you come out, it's going to be awesome. Any, Any of these bands could be the headliner. They are all fantastic. But especially Rent of the Rampage because they're better <laughs> especially than the, Rent of the Rampage. <laughs> right. They're coming back to claim their fame. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. We're going to replay the first hour with J.R. Davis. Enjoy that. See you in about 24 hours. The Dave Ellswick Show podcast is sponsored by the Juris Law Group. We provide estate planning for all ages, and we specialize in helping seniors get VA and Medicaid benefits for in-home, assisted living, and nursing home care. For a no-risk consultation, call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.